Welcome to episode 418 of Conversation Street, Coronation Street podcast. Spoiler free, I'm going to say it this week. With me. You said. Gemma. Michael. No, <laughs> you've read it all up. I'm so excited to be the one that says it's spoiler free because you usually just interrupt me every week and say that. Oh, we Hello everybody. Welcome to episode 418 of Conversation Street. Gemma, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 4th and the 8th of May. No, that's not right. Oh no, it's not right it's at the all. 15th, it's the I've got the wrong the date. It's the 15th of May. Sorry, I, my notes are wrong. Um, I the rest of it's all right. Episodes 10,060 to 10,062. That's definitely right, because I checked that before we started. Good. Ah, this is this is um, not the first time that you've heard us this week, if you've been following us on our Instagram or YouTube channel this week, is it? Because I've been doing... I, we talked about it last week in the news section, we said we did it, but I did my live... Maureen Lipman cook-along. So thank you for everybody who joined us for that and has um, commented on it and watched it and, and liked it and everything since. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Mm. It was really good fun. I'm very sorry that I was not on camera. Um, not ready yet. on it at the moment. <laughs> um, and I'm also really sorry that I had to run away to the bathroom and that Michael bothered to tell everybody that's what I did. <laughs> well, the... I, you you left me on my own and and I got nervous and just started blathering away. Well, this so this is probably a bit too much information, but I have this weird thing. Every so often, if I eat a bite of food, I immediately am sick, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what causes it. And I'm fine like one minute afterwards, but every so often, out of the blue, maybe two or three times a year, I'll take a bite of food, and then I'll just throw up. <laughs> So that's what I was doing, everybody. Just While my husband was cooking soup, I was vomiting in the bathroom because that's what I do when Michael cooks for me. <laughs> it was nice, wasn't it? It was very tasty in the end. It was okay. It was all right. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah it was re- nice. It was nice. I thought it was quite nice. Mm. It was fun. Um, I was, it, it was different to how we imagined because we didn't get to see a whole lot of Maureen Lippman on it, did we? She was... Um, she, it, was, it was basically a big Zoom call. And I don't even think we realised until a day or, or two before that no, it was going to be doing be through Zoom. Zoom. I kind of imagined it was just going to be a, like a live YouTube stream like thing. She would and just, just be on it cooking and telling us what she was doing and then everyone would watch and cook along. Yeah, but there was 130 odd people all connected via Zoom. And, it's... and uh, she, she was talking. She, she basically, she put a pan on the hob and then left it for the next 40 minutes and chatted to other Michael people who were on the disgusted. call. Well, I was hoping to get some instruction. Fortunately, I had Gemma, and also Gemma had had the foresight to print out the um, the recipe as well. I, I didn't yeah. even think we'd need to do that. I oh, thought, I, as I said, I thought we'd I be thought given you would need the instructions it. for what to do. But it was fun. Um, I was a bit nervous before we started. Well, this is the first time you've ever cooked soup. No, what? about being on camera, being live on the internet. Oh, you did a fantastic job. I thought you were really good. You did a, such a good job of cooking and keeping the conversation going and um, being funny. I did my best. And you'd never cooked soup before, so <laughs> amazing. And I think we should start a new we should start a new um segment. Gemma wants to start a segment where she takes a load of Coronation Street Stars soup recipes and no, I not make soup. them. Just any recipe. I thought you wanted it just to be No, soup. I wanted it to be called Celebrity Soup because it's funny. Like celebrity juice. Yeah. And it's based but on it can be that anything. original. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe. I'd do it again, honestly, I would. I, I, I would hope that one day you'll feel confident enough to be in it. And I can take I'm the camera there. for a bit, but you, you get in there, everybody. Yeah, it was it was great fun. Um, 
it's it was on our Instagram uh, story for a little bit, but um, we we edited it up to YouTube, and I put a couple of twenty minutes later little cards in and everything like that. So if you haven't seen it and you are interested in watching me making a bit of an ass out of myself for a, a good hour, I would say, then it's there on our YouTube channel along with all the other YouTube stuff there. And it was in aid of Every Mitzvah oh, yeah, Matters by that. Mitzvah Day, which is a charity which um, is sort of an interfaith charity for community works, which Maureen Lippman was... Um, yeah, it's, of, it's, it's Jewish, but it's, it's open to... Well, well, yeah, yeah, obviously Mitzvah is Jewish, mm. but they also... It's like an interfaith thing. So some of the people that were cooking along were Muslim. There was a vicar... Yeah. So it was um all all different people all across the world. Very well organised. Really enjoyed it. I hope they do another one. I really enjoyed all the um all the comments that people were sending in. Um, oh, on onto our, our Instagram, Instagram as we, we were going. So that lovely, was good because yeah. um it, it it gave us something to respond to. Yes, and um because Corey Central got involved as well on Instagram, they instigated a question and answer session, which um, oh, gosh, yeah. we didn't plan, but that was really good fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Questions, about and we had um, some some little appearances in the chat by some Corey's peoples as well. We didn't did. We? we had some people pop in and immediately regret it. But here's a tip for you guys: we don't know when you leave, so you can just come in, say hi, and just pretend that you're watching silently, and come in for like you know another point and pretend that you've been watching the whole time we'll never know you don't need to make apologies i felt really bad because people kept saying oh i've got to go i've got to do this that and the other thing you could have literally said i've got to go because there's some paint i need to watch dry (laughs) and that would have been sufficient (laughs) you don't need to make excuses for not watching an hour-long video of michael cooking soup (laughs) it was was lovely to see we had more celebs on our stream than maureen nitman did she just had one (laughs) Thank you for your support, it was as cool. always. Yes. Um, right, so that's that's been that this week. That's been my highlight of the week. I also did a bit of manly sawing and hammering today, didn't I? I was, I was doing mm. a bit of DIY job in the uh, in the airing cupboard because of all school starting up again. And uh, and it seems like my um, my time off, and I had been working during it, all you teacher haters out there, it seems to be over because I'm back in school next week. And then the kids, are, some of the kids are supposedly coming soon as well. So I, I got one... DIY job that I've been putting off for the last two minutes, two, not two minutes, two months. And if you wondered about the status of the hedges that I perhaps mentioned three years ago, he still hasn't done it. Still not quite got around to doing the hedges yet, but you know, one day, we, one, one day we might get there. Anyway, Gemma. Yes. That's been my week. Anything else you want to add before we get on to the quiz? No. Let's go on to the quiz then. Okay. Oh, dearie me. Um... This is a Cory quiz for things that happen between the 11th and the 15th of May in years ending in a zero and a five. And I sourced these questions from the fantastic resource coronationstreet.fandom.com, which I would like to point out on the 21st of May. Um, it's his birthday. It was, um, it was created on, in 2008 on the 21st of oh, May. Oh, cool. So it's so, 12 years old. 12 it? years. Fantastic. And I'll tell you Happy what, birthday, isn't it amazing and underrated? Um, not by us. It, we we go on about it every week. It's very it's very amazing. Everybody loves Coropedia. Coropedia amazing. Right, eleventh of May, nineteen ninety. Oh, I've got a pen. I can't use this thermometer. <laughs> Just keep it in your head, and right. imagine I got them all right. Ten out of ten. Right, Ivy Brennan is horrified to hear that Gail is pregnant with whose baby? Martin's. Correct. Hooray! Eleventh of May, two thousand and fifteen. Who cons Steve into selling them his half of the Rovers? Con Steve into selling them Gosh, I can't remember. Did that? Who would that have been? 
It's only 2005 years ago. Is it really obvious? No, I, d- I didn't remember this happened. <sighs> if it helps, they're dead now. Uh, no, I... <laughs> I'm really Obviously not sure. Who comes Steve into Sally? They, they kind of set up a this. proxy company and then Steve... Oh, yeah, I do vaguely remember this. Oh, who was it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm creating too much dead air here. Are you going to have to tell first, me? First letter of their first name is T. And the second... The surname begins with an S. Okay, okay. you didn't get it. It's Tony Stewart. Oh, God. Yeah. 12th of May... 19... I remember. 12th of May, 1975. Billy Walker and Deirdre Hunt break off their engagement. Spoiler alert. So where does Billy Walker go? Where does he go? Yeah. London? No, Jersey. Jersey. Can you get some potatoes? That's a hard question. Oh, wait, did we go to Jersey or did we go to Guernsey? I don't remember. It's quite nice. I think we went to Jersey because there's some um, cow statues there, aren't there? I think they have them on Guernsey too, Do though. They? I don't yeah. know. I don't Go think on. Jersey's got the monopoly on cows. <laughs> I've definitely seen some around here. <laughs> <laughs> 12th of May, 1965. Who does Irma tell? She's cheap and common. And if he doesn't like it, he can find someone else. This is really difficult. It's Who not does really. Irma tell that she's cheap and... I'm cheap and common. And if you don't like it, find someone else. On the 12th of May, 1965. David Barlow. Yeah. Oh, good, okay. Because <laughs> if you think about it, it makes sense. Because yeah. you know that, that she dated about... David. Yeah, and I know. You it was also about know that, that David the Barlows thought that they were pretty... Well, yes, the boys. The boys, not the not the parents. They had their feet on the ground. But those two boys, yes. they thought they were they were set for better things. Mm. And, and David died in Australia and Ken's going to die on the street. So who won there? 13th of May... 2005, David discovers his pet rabbit is dead. Uh, what was the rabbit's name? Barney. Yeah! <laughs> do you know what? I was totally prepared for you to go, oh, what, another really hard one. No, that's an easy question. How am I supposed to know if you know that? Not you like, don't know. Not like what happened at the Rovers five years ago. Who's going to remember that? <laughs> Tony who? Tony what? 13th of May, 2005. What stage name does Candice want to use for an interview to be a weather girl? Oh, that is a hard question. It's not Barney. Um, Candy's Barney. I I I've got no idea. It's, it's weather themed. It. She hasn't got Gail. a big imagination. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> and uh, Candy's Snow with an E on uh, the end. Okay, Snow. Very classy. Thirteenth of May two thousand and ten. Who is Gail shocked to see has a new pr- cellmate in prison? Tracy. Yeah. That's right. Fourteenth of May nine. Oh dear. Fourteenth of May nineteen ninety. What does Ivy demand of Gail and Martin before their baby is born? Get married. Yeah, I would have also accepted child sacrifice to Satan. I don't think Ivy was into that. (laughs) You never know. Sometimes the most vocal. (laughs) Right, 14th of May, 2010. Who has Blanche left virtually all of her money to in her will? I think it was Tracy. Yeah, Tracy's the answer to two questions this year. Um, This week. week. 15th of May, 2015. Final question. The father of Miley comes forward. What is his name? Jackson Hodge. Wow! (laughs) Well done. And of course, Miley is Faye's daughter. Uh Is it really that long ago? I still think of Miley as a little baby. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. That's not bad, not bad. I know. 
know. So Miley's like difficult ones in there. Miley could really make an appearance on the show in a soon. I'm, I'm not gagging for it. No, I'm not either. But um, it is kind of funny to think that Faye's the mother of a five-year-old child. I know. I know. Right, who's got a birthday coming up this week? Jamal. Birthdays. Uh, 16th of May, Roy Hudd, who played Archie Aww. Shuttleworth. Yeah. Sean Ward, who played Callum Logan. Um, Veronica, oh, 17th of May, Veronica Doran, who's Marion Yates. 19th of May, Madge Hindle, who played Renee Roberts. Renee. Oh, sorry, Renee. Rob Mallard, who's done who? Osborne the third. <laughs> 20th of May, Betty Driver, played Betty Williams. Um... And we're going to be having a hot pot this Sunday in interview. We are having hot pot this Sunday. I think Gemma's going to be cooking it in case anyone's looking forward to that live stream. But it is on the cards. I, really I think I might like do. To have a nice hot pot without yeah. Michael ruining it. I think I will do a live stream hot pot making at some point in the future. I know, but, but lamb's quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs> 20th of May. Oh, um, Elizabeth Bradley, who played Maud Grimes. Oh, she's great. And Tina Hobley, who's Samantha Failsworth. Mm-hmm. 21st of May. David Lonsdale, who's Peter Barlow the fifth, right, and twenty second of May, Denise Welch, who's Natalie Barnes. Oh yeah, famous loose woman. Happy <laughs> yeah. birthday to all those Happy people. Happy birthday, everybody! And I hope if you're playing along with the quiz that you were did well. Yeah, even better than me. Right, we've got some Coronation Street to talk about, so let's get on over and do our street talk section. Yep. So street talk for episode four hundred and eighteen. Hmm. Let it begin. Um, Curry this week, I thought I thought for the first time since they went to the three episodes a week, it felt very much like that's the end of one block of filming and here's the, and the beginning of the next block of filming. It, especially with today's, it felt like a brand new refresh, didn't it? It didn't, it didn't quite fit. Yeah, it really did feel like a, kind of like a new chapter yeah. instead of a beginning of a new paragraph. Yeah, well, lovely. Mm-hmm. Nice analogy. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and, and there, there, there are lots of little mini storylines that not a whole lot happened with. And I suppose the big one tying it all together was the serious case of the Ollie Wobbles, wasn't it? That did bridge yeah. the gap, at least. But even with that, it was still frustratingly like, oh, come on, go. Uh, I don't know. We'll start off by talking about the Yaz fighting story first, because that was, obviously has been the big story for the past few weeks. And it felt like it reached a point this week where they can put it on hiatus for a bit with Yasmin getting bailed. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think that the talk is still going back on the street, so I don't know whether Alia's still going to carry on her, her little mission. Well, but, yeah. But even even today, when or sorry, Wednesday's episode, when she changed the locks at number six, it felt like, right, she's barricading herself in that house until this story comes up again. So I, I don't know whether we're going to see any more of that soon. Um, then we'll move on to the to the Ollie Wobbles story, um, followed by Street Fighter. Have we had Street Fighter as a storyline type before? It feels like that's what David's doing. It although we like still we should have done. It's, we haven't already. Yeah, well, if we have, this is Street Fighter 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and if we'd had that, then it can be Street Fighter 3 and Look, 4. We, and we can carry on with this. So on, right. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't actually seen him fighting. He's done. He's, he's done some up and goading. Down on a car or goading, yeah. Um, well, every, but, everyone knows that's a great way to begin a fight. Yes. Yeah. Um, Platak is the best form of defence. Uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, and then we've really got the the, the little mini ones. Peter Pels, Peter Pels. I don't know who it is. Kathy and Bernie. Um, their blossoming friendship at prima donna. Um, Gemma, don't be mean. I'll try. Don be mean. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. Before what went on at the Beast Joe today. Oh, that Don, that new Beast Joe manager is a really isn't nasty a, piece of work. Isn't he a meanie? I think yes. it's Ray's fault. 
race fault. Ray needs to get... He was a bit racist. Ray needs to get a handle on him, on his staff. Uh, yeah. I've never seen such a cowardly idiot. Oh, my, my manager says you're not doing it properly. He's just passing the buck. Of course he is. So Coward. that was the beginning of something, it seemed. Um, we had a, a tiny bit more of the Winter Blues story and, and even a tiny little bit more of the Nana Romancer story yeah. with Arthur. And I had been wondering what's been going on with him. So I was happy to see him and I can only assume he'll be back in it properly next week. Um, so, um, Gemma, you start off with the with the Yasmin story, which will give me the the big job with the Ollie Wobbles. What has poor Yasmin been up to this week? Well, on Monday, Steve has spent the night with Tim getting drunk, both talking about what's happened to his dad. Tim is obviously very concerned. His whole world's been turned upside down here a bit because his his dad's wife's now in jail for trying to kill him and never thought this would have happened especially with given how Yasmin is such a nice person generally yes can't believe this has happened so Steve's been trying to be a good friend to him mm. and keep him company hopefully that's going to be reciprocated because I think that Steve's got a few uh, few problems of his own they, coming later on in the they're week they're both not having a great time <laughs> at the moment so Gail's got her birthday due and she's trying to invite people yeah, um, I put that in the notes of the Yaz story, but it's not really, is it? It's more... No. Just about Sally. Yes. So then we see Yasmin in her cell and we fade. I was, I was disappointed that her cell wasn't sparkling clean after she started going at it with a toothbrush last week. I was expecting, Oof. you know, well, glistening tiled walls, which I she mean, obviously gave up when she realised that Jeff wasn't going to be there checking on her. We know that she's been putting the effort in mm. to clean the house, but has that translated into any kind of achievement i'm gonna say no because she hasn't even found the cameras <laughs> no. so they mentioned that on the um on the cory good news didn't they with colson today that we just uh, we just watched before we started recording and people were writing uh, obviously people for weeks have been saying when's jasmine gonna find the cameras when's jeff camera's gonna be uncovered by early or the police or anything and colson was like oh people have been saying that they should find the cameras while watch this space like, so at least Corrie knows that everyone is definitely asking about these cameras. Just hurry up and find them soon, please. Yeah. So we fade from that to Alia in her lounge. She hasn't slept. She is trying to research similar cases to help Yasmin. And Imran's like, look, you got to let me help her. You can't really do anything. You need to just rest keep your mouth shut you're even court. more useless than normal in this situation stop. Alia you got a law degree no let me handle it stop making outbursts in court stop trying to bad mouth um Jeff around the place and getting people biased just be quiet and go to sleep <laughs> she did I'm trying to remember I think she did stay pretty quiet in court didn't she I think Tim was was a bit more vocal yeah Tim should have been kicked out <laughs> Alia says please can you promise to bring her home? And he's like, um, and sort of gives Toya a look. Well, he's, like, he's, he puts on a front for, for Alia at least. And then, uh, when, when she leaves the room, he's like, to Toya. And... Well, yeah. Cause he knows you can't really promise these things. So the cafe, you got Tim and Alia having a face off and she starts to say the whole world will know what a monster your dad is and things like that. And, uh, Roy has to break it up because it's so intense and uh, everybody's yelling at each other. Well, Roy has a big old yell, doesn't he? Stop being so unreasonable and spoiling the bacon sandwiches I've made. I like it when he does things like that and then people always say, oh, that's a bit out of character for Roy. And it's like, 
No, he's he's definitely got form. No, Roy for hits people it. with baseball bats if you don't. He's he's shouted in that cafe a lot. He he can have a bit of a short fuse, old Royston. Oh yeah. Then we have the court scene, and Imran does his little lawyer speech. Oh, go on, Tim, let you on a letter off, please. Oh, how, go on, I'll be your at, best friend. Look at all these tweets. Look at all these people that are like Yasmin better than Jeff. Yeah, look, free the Weatherfield one, not Deirdre. Yeah. And the the judge is like, this is not a Twitter popularity contest. Otherwise, I would never have got this job. Tim's heckling in the audience. Um, but alas, Yasmin has not been allowed out on bail. And for some reason, the judge is like, well, if if I let her go, she she might run away, which I don't think that's true. No, I don't think so and either. And secondly, she might try to contact the complainant, which I think is a much more relevant worry because she's already said i want to speak to jeff and i know i i agree i think she probably would yeah i i, I agree I, I but i don't know where this running away thing came from it's more no, likely yeah. she'd hide herself away somewhere back at home and she yeah. when the court case came round, she'd be like no i can't leave my house well the thing is though i guess who would live in the house this is a question that i still haven't worked out the answer to legally like who who's allowed in the house and who isn't Alia thinks she now owns the place. Alia's the one that causes this problem, really, isn't it? (laughs) So um, Tim's chuffed about the fact that she's not allowed out. So on Wednesday, Alia and Ryan go to the Rovers and tell Sean what has happened. And Ryan's like, oh, God, you shouldn't really be saying this to Sean. And Alia's like, oh, they just told me not to talk to Grand's friends, but I can talk to anyone else I want. And I hope that he tells everybody and gossips about how evil Jeff is. And uh, Ryan's like... Wow, this seems like a foolproof plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tim goes to Jeff in the hospital and tells him what's happened. The fact that she's got to stay in prison. And Jeff's like, oh, I still love her. And Tim's like, yeah, but she glassed you in the neck. Um, you should uh, you should be glad. Yeah? Mm. Then, um, Alia has decided, it looks like, to move into number six and she's got a locksmith in. She's lied to him, pretended that she's lost her keys and she wants the, the full works, as much good um, stuff as he can get in there because she's worried about local scallies. And Ryan's like, this this doesn't seem like this is going to... This might not be as easy as you think it is to keep Jeff out. I agree he with him. He can use magic, can't he? He can just alkazam himself he can just, in yeah, wherever puff, puff he wants. himself in. So on Friday, we've got more people picking up this gossip about um, Jeff and how he's might, might have actually been in the wrong. Yeah, there, there was a scene earlier in the episode tonight. I can't remember who Evelyn was talking to in the in the shop, but she's she's all nice as pie to Tim, isn't she? And she said, "Oh, give give your dad this chocolate bar." And then as soon as he's gone, she's like, "He's a slime ball. I don't trust him. Can trust him all that." She said, "I don't trust a grown man that does magic." Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, so does that mean the profession is solely down to children and women? <laughs> Maybe. So Debbie um, McGee's okay? Yeah, just not old Paul. <laughs> uh, Rita was also suspicious of him later, wasn't she? So I'm glad that it's not everybody on the street turning against Yasmin, which, you know, is a bit of a soap trope to have everybody get against her, so, uh, against the obviously innocent party. It's funny how quickly everybody's turned against Jeff, though. Yeah, it's almost like, have you... Everyone's like, oh, I knew there was something not quite right about yeah, him. Yeah. Um, which is what a lot a of lot fans of viewers, said as yeah, well. Like, oh, right right um, from the beginning, we didn't, we never really liked Jeff, but yeah. we weren't sure about why. Yeah. And now we've got the, you know, we've been given permission by the Corrie Cobb so we can We're say, like, yeah, yeah, he is a bit I of an ass, isn't he? Him. Yeah. Yeah. It, but, you know, is that bad? Like, 
should we always trust our first instincts or should we give people the benefit of the doubt? Oh, very true. Yeah. And he's not he's not like Phelan in that Phelan was, you know, naturally very charming and I think people I some think, people were a bit wary of Phelan, but I don't think they were I think Phelan's a lot more charming and Tim uh Jeff just tries too hard. Mm. Yeah, I think was... like he he what he like he needs you to like him, but he doesn't respect you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm hoping that even though we might not see Yasmin for a bit, which is a, a real shame, actually, she she's she's not really had very much to do at all for a week well, and a half. I don't half, know actually. what she can really do in. in... Well, sometimes they have scenes of the characters in prison, don't they? I know, they? but I don't know whether she's going to be have a, a, a jail mate. No, I, mate. yeah, I, I'm assuming not, which is a real shame. Um, but she's not really needed until it comes to trial, and that could be, you know, in real time, we could be talking months before we see Yasmin. It's almost sadly, it's almost realistic. I know. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, really. Realistically, Yasmin really should have not been let out just because of what she was saying about seeing Jeff and she does seem to not have a handle on what exactly she's done wrong. And mm. um, Well, she knows... She's yeah, not in her she, right mind. She, she needs she looking has, after, doesn't she, she? She needs somebody to look after. I don't know if jail's really the best place, but certainly there is a real danger of her going and seeing Jeff. Mm. And in any other court case you know she is innocent until proven guilty but equally i guess the flip side that i've never really considered before is the victim is the victim until proven proven otherwise you know mm. so jeff is deserves the right to be protected from yasmine yeah just as much as she deserves to have her rights respected mm. and be um harassed by fringe bangs who yeah. we didn't see any of this week did we no but I actually, because we had quite a lot of discussions, really interesting discussions um, on our Facebook group, people talking about her interview technique. And yes, I definitely agree. It was not very um, finessed or um, <laughs> polished. And I was looking up um, interview techniques and I've forgotten the name of it, but there's this really famous interview technique that's still used in America today which has caused loads of people to falsely confess to crimes that they didn't commit. Because basically the technique is you just tell them they did it until they admit they did it. Mm. And um, you can take days and days and days to do this. I've forgotten the name of it, but it was like invented by this guy who championed it. And uh, he, he did a test case. And the first ever test case that he used to prove his theory, eventually it was proven that guy was innocent all along. But this didn't stop this man from like making like he's he's died now, but his legacy lives on and his company is named after him that yeah. like trains people in this technique. And over here we've got a technique called the peace technique, it's P E A C E, I forgot what it stands for, but basically you just ask them what happened and work out from the evidence. Yeah. Um the other way, way is just you keep saying saying they did it until they admit they did it, and then you fit it against what you think happened. Mm. But I was the reason I'm bringing this up is if you're interested at all in um, in confessions and how they can be twisted, look up forensic files. It's called Fishing for Truth. Um, you can find it on YouTube. It's like a 20 minute episode, and it is all about a guy who is um, interrogated and. There's a few twists and turns I won't go into, but you can imagine he probably can imagine he didn't actually do the crime he was he was um, accused of of committing. But you can see how these things happen, and the guy who who got the confession out of him at the end of the episode still says this guy committed the crime, even though he clearly didn't. Hmm. So, 
just out of interest, just to raise that point. Yeah, well, these DS Abney certainly seem to think that Yasmin did it, and, and Yasmin uh, was very sort of in a state where she was very uh, amenable to. I don't know how careful to... you have to be about forcing a confession out of somebody who's already confessed. I don't know enough about it, but it just seems to me as though this would be one of those times in which you perhaps don't need to be as cautious about eliciting a false confession. Mm. People still keep forgetting that Yasmin phoned the police and said she stabbed her husband and then was found with a, a blood all over her hands standing over her body saying that she did it. Yeah. With no other evidence to anything to the contrary. And let's all not forget, she did it. There's no excuse. It doesn't really matter why she did it <laughs> at this point in time. Mm. But DS Abney is still going to investigate that. She hasn't really been in it now. No, much so. I'm, I'm not as hopeful as I once was that she's going to be the key to uncovering the truth. No, it certainly seems like the uh, the kangaroo might... court of uh, Coronation Street is going to yeah, be where this one that's is the most decided. Thing. I mean, I, I'm thinking that the fact that um, Sean has been told, and he is he living with Eileen now? I think he is. And, and Eileen would say as well. Yeah, it, it's, everybody's been, got these little suspicions, but it's a case they haven't puzzle, put it together. And they haven't and got that, together to make it. There, and there was a bit of that with Phelan as well, wasn't there? I know, but that never really came to a satisfactory no. conclusion. Like, remember when he had a go at uh, when Phelan had a go at Johnny that time, and that never really t- came in uh, into something. I think if, if some of the if the residents had, yeah, yeah, they should have learned their lesson. But no, I, I think that will. I think that Sean's gonna, you know, we're gonna have a scene with him at home with Eileen saying, "Oh, you'll never guess what Anya said," and and she's gonna get with Kathy. And I, and I still think that the whole Sally, she's she's the 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 wild card in there. She's the one to watch because she to to have her, um, you know, going up against Tim, who's obviously been. Um, brainwashed by his dad into thinking that he's well he's not really innocent. brainwashed he's assumed that his dad is right but his and Jeff's like really innocent. yeah Jeff's really kind of milking it yeah he's he's making sure that his son knows you know which side his bread is buttered I just really I just find it really weird I think it's a conceit of the storytelling and that... his bread is buttered with peanut marmite because he's horrible <laughs> oh and fighting wise them is uh, yeah, I think it's a conceit of the storytelling at the moment that Ali is not allowed to tell everybody what Jeff had has done to her gran. I, d- I really can't believe that the solicitor is in Alia, Yasmin, or Imran's best um, in what's the word interest. interest that people don't know what Jeff has been doing to her. Why is that of benefit? It's of benefit to Jeff. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess the only thing that could happen is that the prosecution should say, "When did you first realise that Jeff had been doing this?" And they say, "Well, after he got arrest- after Asmi got arrested, and somebody told me." Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I just I just think it just seems a bit odd. Mm. I I it 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 feel, I I don't it doesn't look like Ali is really helping things with this case now. Now she's going around doing all this gossiping. Now she's. <laughs> Locked herself into a home, which is clearly sorry. If Imran said to me, "Don't tell everybody what happened, what Jeff did to your to your gran," I would say, "Thanks for the advice. I wait for him to go, and then I tell everybody what he had done." Yeah, because she's she's having to watch people going. Oh, that's weird. I wonder why Yasmin did that, and she knows why Yasmin did that because he was abusing her, Mm. and she knew this is the. I guess this is the point that I'm trying to make is that Alia knew this before the stabbing happened. Yeah. Alia knew he was a bit. It's not like she found out afterwards. 
if she had told everybody before Jeff had stabbed Yasmin, that would have been fine. But but now Yasmin has stabbed Jeff, suddenly she's got to keep her mouth shut mm. so that there can be a fair trial for this horrible bastard of a man. Yeah, yeah. Do you also, think- I th- I'm not sure that changing the locks to a house that doesn't belong to you and you're not on the um, deeds for is a good idea. No, because no, I know, Jeff's- but uh, how long ago did she move out? Is it is it still kind of, you know, her home? No. In inverted commas. Once you move out, it's not your house, is it? It's it's still your family house. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, but, but they're she, married. She doesn't, she doesn't own it and has never owned it. And it, if, no. if Jeff comes back from hospital, and I, and I don't, I, Tim was saying today to to James, wasn't he? That it's going to be a long time until Jeff has recovered from it. So it might be a, a long while until he actually comes home, tries to get in, and can't. Je- Tim will realise that the that, that Ali is there before Jeff yeah. comes home, and and Tim has just as much a right to do what Alia does. As she has mm. because she he is well she's got less of a right because she's the grandchild whereas jeff is um tim is the the son yeah the first so if you're gonna go yeah if you're gonna go around throne. um locking people out then he should have first dibs yeah do you think jeff might tell tim or can you pop home and get me blah 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 i think it might it might just tip him off when he goes home and alia comes out the front door and smugly tells him that she's changed <laughs> the locks i'm sure she wouldn't be backwards in coming forward telling him that's what she's done yeah see i'd i'd worry um if i was jeff i would really be worrying about this camera and i know he's had it very lucky up until now that nobody's found it but he almost kind of wants to say tim can you just go home and you're going to find a camera in the CD rack. Don't ask he... me any questions, <laughs> but it's totally innocent, but I need you to take it away. Or maybe Jeff's going to try and discharge himself to I try and steal it or something. I think he'll come home before he's supposed to. Yeah, because he... Jeff hasn't got his phone, has he? So he can't, you know, from the hospital bed find out what Ali well, is it, doing. No, yeah. So we know that he's he got can... some kind of cloud-based... Yeah, because he's, he's watched it on access. his laptop before, actually, hasn't he? So it's not nece- it's not tied to his phone, so he just it, needs some... There must some... be a streaming account that he can yeah. look at this from, and he'll look on it and see that, that Alia's there, and now he's going to have to make a decision. How am I going to get Alia out of the house without making it obvious that I know she's I know she's that she's there. there. Yeah. <sighs> I, I do see one flaw in that plan, having spent quite a while in hospitals with various family members... Hospital wifey isn't that great. Absolutely awful. She's going to try and log on. He's like, no, I can't tell. I can't actually go in the foyer. <laughs> connect. There's a bunch of smokers out the front and a bunch of people trying to get the Wi-Fi connected to their phones. <laughs> I don't know which one's the worst addict. Anyway, um, that story is going to be uh, bubbling away in the background, I think, now. Unlike the next one, which has been thrust to the fore this week and I'm sure will be the, uh, the, the A story next week too. A serious case of the Ollie Wobbles and it is getting more and more serious as the week's getting going dire. on. Yes. Um, so it starts off all fine on Monday. Steve and Leanne are planning um, to go and see a special nursery for Ollie because we know that he's he's a bit behind in his early learning goals. So they're going to well, go to a special place to, to try and whip him back into shape. Yeah. Um, and, and Leanne, <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, she's been all nicey-nicey to Steve, isn't she? And whenever Leanne's like that, it always puts me a bit on edge. And it's like, she's not the person that wants that like it acts nice to get something so i was thinking right for plotting reasons something's gonna go wrong here steve's gonna be an idiot so that leanne can snap back into uh her usual sour-faced cow mode and i wasn't wrong and she also because they're going to go to this posh nursery she also says um we're gonna go there at lunchtime and then steve makes a big point of saying oh lunchtime like your posh oh I, yeah i thought we'd established that lunchtime, dinner time is when you have a hot meal at lunch. No, I see, I'd forgotten. I, I did know that up, up north, 
they call lunch dinner and, and, and the evening meal is tea. But I, I honestly didn't realise that they thought that lunchtime was posh. that posher phrase. Or weird to say. No. Anyway, you learn something new every day about the dialect. But yeah, l- well, lunch you know, is lunch, isn't it? you can have Sunday dinner, can't you, at lunchtime? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Steve offers to take Oliver home for a bit of a nap before they go off to the nursery. And they, they go home and watch a bit of Barney on the TV, which pretty much bores Steve to sleep. And he comes to the cab office later with ink all over his face. He's got a, a, a felt-tip pen moustache that Ollie's drawn over him. Not that sick, then. Mm? No, he's not too sick to do that. Um, and uh, Stephen, no, Tim and Eileen kind of set to trying to cover it up with, with makeup and... Yeah, because he tries to get it off with soap and water and it wasn't won't come off, so they have to put makeup on his face. I hate it. Whenever I've had to have makeup in the past for, for like dress-up yeah, days at school weird, or whatever, I, I freak out when Gemma tries to put makeup on or take it off of me. I've never known anybody in my life who doesn't like to get their face wet as much as you do. <laughs> I really, really don't. It's bizarre. It's like... If you get water in your face, you like immediately start blowing air out of your mouth <laughs> and freaking out and scrunching your eyes up. It's yeah. stupid. You can't even wash your face in the shower. Yeah. I had, um, I was doing How often of... have you washed your face in your life? I would say probably like 20 times. I don't, I don't know. It gets clean in the shower. It doesn't it's get like, clean. It's like the debate over whether you wash your feet in the shower, isn't it? Your feet get wet because all the water runs down them and over them and the soap and everything. So you think shampoo cleans your face just by running across the surface of your skin? <laughs> My face is fine. My face is fine. But yeah, I just don't like rubbing makeup off. And, and I didn't like... Because it hurts, isn't it? I, had, I was doing painting at school this week and I ended up with paint over my face and that was really sore. Beauty is when pain. When I was running that. Yeah. Oh, you well, women, you have to, to go through world. so much pain. Anyway, so Steve... Um, he uh he gets his makeup and I, and I I said to you at the time that he looks a little bit like uh, the Joker off sixties Batman the actor who played him refused to shave his mustache for the part so the white face you can very yeah. clearly see the mustache underneath and Steve looks pretty just as bad when he gets to the nursery later and we did get to see a bit of Mardi Leanne there but to be fair on her when she sees Steve's face and the mess job that he's done her clear enough she does laugh so I thought that was quite nice that it um it broke the ice on uh, on Ice Queen Battersby. It also helped that the um, they didn't go down the route of let's make this headmistress into a Mardi cow. No, poshy posh posh. She was she was, she was nice. Just normal. Yeah, I, I didn't really. She was I, probably well, like anybody. She's like, thank you for your money. Mm. You know, was she going to turn down free money? I honestly didn't really see massive point in any of those scenes at the nursery because they didn't seem to to get anywhere with it no but it was just to establish how it was a red herring wasn't it to sort of say oh maybe he's got some kind of learning difficult difficulty i suppose it did show some nice bits with the relationship between steve and leanne which has always been quite quite fun yeah and it'll also sort of show you know how much, how far are they willing to co- communicate with each other and how difficult is it depending on how serious what is wrong with Ollie is yeah you know it might be easier to to cooperate when it's something fairly minor that they perhaps can overcome through just throwing money at it and sending them off to a private school but if it's something different how how will the dynamic mm. between the two change? Yeah, and, and then there's still we've got Tracy and Nick on the on the fringes as well. I was well we? at the very end of this of the of this block of story stories this week. We had in the hospital, um, Ollie got taken in, and we had Nick, Leanne, 
Tracy, Steve and Toya. And I was like, where's Imran? He might as well just make six. <laughs> six parents for this kid, why not? Wasn't Liz there as well? No, I don't think Liz was oh, she there. Like, I can't maybe she was. She was, but there, it was like, she was there for some of it. I she think. was there for some of it, yeah. But I was just looking at the end when you had like these couples and there's Toya and she's like, oh, Imran's doing doing the other storyline. So <laughs> can't be here today. So they have to go to the hospital because when they go back home, um, the, Ollie has another fit again. And the, the cliffhanger on Monday's episode is Steve and Leanne looking very worriedly into his bedroom as the paramedics um, set to trying, to trying to sort him out. So Wednesday, um, they arrive at the hospital. Um, Aggie is, she's working there now, I know, apparently. completely un- unfun- unfanfared. Like, we know that Aggie wanted to get back into nursing. And I think I remember her time... saying, I'm, I'm back to nursing now. Oh, I don't remember that. I, I thought... just remember the last time her going, I'm going to get back into nursing. It's I've like... got an award for being um, a, a community, a pillar of the community. So, so can you imagine when she had her job interview to, for this nurse thing, she just kind of walked in and slammed her award on the desk and then the, the person interviewing her... When can I start? <laughs> no, but the person interviewing her just opened the drawer and took 10 out and went, yeah, we've all got... <laughs> we've all got Golden Heart Awards. give them out awards. for no reason, Aggie. <laughs> I'm surprised you've only got one. You must be a new uh, resident of Weatherfield. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, Aggie very handily happens to be working there. Um, I didn't also know that she was, um, is it paediatrics? Yeah. Didn't know that she was a, that's no wonder she, she killed Robert. Was it? She she hadn't been paediatric before, had she? She gave him a lollipop she, but... and it didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> because she she left nursing last time, didn't she? Because she killed she... a man. Yeah. Maybe they're like, <laughs> she look. She killed a kid. She's not told us a... the whole story. No, we're starting off with the smaller ones. <laughs> yeah, we'll work your way up to the older people. No one misses the smaller ones. <laughs> um... Anyway, Leanne explains to the to the doctors and the nurses. There's there's a doctor there called Doctor Ward, which I think is an excellent name for somebody who works at a hospital. I think it's just really unimaginative. Of <laughs> yeah. What should we call the doctor? Doctor ECG. No, <laughs> come on, think harder. <laughs> doctor Hospital. Doctor Medicine. <laughs> doctor it, Doctor. It's just a, a short step away from Doctor like Make You Well, isn't it? Anyway, um, she, Leanne says yeah, they, they say that his arm and a leg were shaking, and the nurse goes. Hmm. I think that was the doctor. The, the, yeah, I, was, I don't know the difference. They're like, oh no, what? One arm and one leg, you say. And Leanne's like, does that mean something? And they're like, uh, They don't want to say. And not saying right now because the I can't drama. Remember, I can't remember who it is that um, first brings up the idea of epilepsy, but this is like the red herring of the week, isn't it? Um, this is the second red herring. Yeah, and... They, yeah. uh, see, I, I, I've still not looked into it and at the end of the week it's still not been revealed what Ollie's got I do know though that out in the wide spoilery world it has been revealed what Ollie's got and you know don't you yeah um, but I'm I mean, the, the thing is and I said this on the, the cook along the other day with Maureen Lippman I'm kind of guessing that when they say what Ollie's got I'll be like mm, I've never heard of that So, but for, for now I want to see if I can get to presumably Monday's episode where they're going to reveal this and um, so Maybe something to do with so the fact you, that it's just one arm and one leg shaking. So what do you think? Is it going to be epilepsy? No, I'm assuming not. Yeah. Because, because they're going on about, oh, it's epilepsy, it's epilepsy, it's got to be epilepsy. David comes around later in the week saying, here's my ten, top anyway, ten tips anyway. for dealing with epilepsy. So like, they're like, that. we're going to do blood tests, we're going to give him an me? EEG. I yeah. don't know what it is yet. You're going to have to wait to the to Monday like everyone else. Yes. So uh, Simon and Nick show up at that point. Leanne's you know, completely lost her head running around like a headless chicken. Um, yes, Liz is trying Michael. to reassure her. What? Yeah, she, don't be she, so she, flippant. She's You're like, be careful calm, here. Calm down, Leanne. Um, Liz is trying to reassure her, saying, well, Andy had a seizure when he was little. I'm like, 
Did he? Is, is well, this established? This is a cannon? fairly common thing that happens to children when they get too hot and all have a yeah, fever. Yeah, apparently. That they get, a, I didn't I think I knew they that. They do have fits. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, so she's when the nurse comes out. This is her life, This is what happens in real life, though, isn't it? When something there's a kind of medical mystery, and all the all the relatives are gathered around the medical person, and everyone's going, "Oh well, my uncle Bob had his leg fall off, and um, I wondered if that was it could be related." And they're like, um, "Are they related by blood? No, they're not related at all. No, it's probably not that then." <laughs> exactly, this is what it was like, wasn't it? It's like Andy had had a seizure, so it must be that. And then David comes in. It's like, oh. Uh, uh, no, no Nick. Nick comes in. He's like, "Oh, David's got epilepsy. It must be that." And I was just related. waiting for them to go. There's so many illnesses on the street. Is it is it MS? Because Johnny at the Rovers has got MS. No, it's yeah. not that. Is it his legs dropped off? Because Jack at the end of the yeah, he had sepsis, so it could be, be sepsis, sepsis that yeah. he's got. Uh, yeah. Is it has he got <laughs> MS? Yeah, yeah. Has he That's got someone that Johnny? Is he is he allergic to milk? Yeah, exactly. Because Amy, 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 have Bar- you checked both his kidneys? Because if he's got a missing one, it could be like Tracy or Carla. <laughs> But if, or Aiden. I, I, uh, I think that it's something new that Ollie's got here, everybody. Um, so it, it seems to be worse than David's epilepsy, which is something that he says that he's been able to manage fine in the past like, 10, 15 years ago. And so fine that most of the time we forget that he's got it. Yeah. Well, well, Nick Nick reveals quite a lot of stuff that David gets up to on, on days when there is no Coronation Street. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he was getting. Sometimes he has absences where he just sits there and he he not he does he does not present mm. and he has fits and stuff. Never on the show though, because that would be that would be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, no, we're not allowed to watch that. We have to watch him at having a Fight Club. Yes. Um, so that we we there's a scene later where the the doctor and, and Aggie are talking about these tests privately. Pro- yeah, they have a little private conversation, don't they? Um, and, and Aggie, she's like, well, in there, she's like, she phones up Ed. And, well, no. First of all, just to be clear. The doctor says, I don't think it's epilepsy. I think yeah. it's something else. Need to run a few more tests yeah. first. So, so Aggie phones up Ed and is like, oh my gosh, Ed, it's all, it's all kicking off down here. Oh I'm going to stay here. I'm so glad I've become a nurse again. It's so much I'm going to be the centre of attention in the Rovers later this evening when I go home and I say, what's happened to, uh, to Ollie this Not week? Not allowed to. Well, I don't think she's probably allowed to just, you know, talk to her husband on the phone in the middle of a crowded corridor and say, so and so's going on with anyway. So and so coming with this, that and the other thing. But, you know... Yeah soap drama whatever um yeah she so she she'd quite like to be involved in this storyline please so she's not coming home quite yet although i i, I wonder how much she is going to be involved in it um she's got nothing else going on well, at she the is, moment, uh, I suppose. Well, what's the point of establishing her in the hospital as ollie's nurse if she's not going to be part of the story mm. anyway she'll be patting their arms they get home at the end of the uh of the episode and steve's they, they go to, to Nick and Leanne's flat and Steve's going to stay there and with Ollie in the front room so that Nick and Leanne can get a bit of um, private time in the bedroom. I don't know why Steve's staying up for the second night in a row. Yeah, that's He's already true. been up with Tim. Now he's up with Ollie. Well, I wonder he, who he was sleeping in on Friday. I was going to say, he certainly feels it on Friday. He's, um, he's pooped and he goes home and he has a big old sleep and sleeps through the rest of the drama. Um, yeah, so David goes over to Nick and Leanne's in today's episode to tell them all about epilepsy and that's a waste of time. Basically, he says it's not that bad. Yeah, Toya comes over as well later and, and Leanne <laughs> utters the soap phrase of doom that, oh, I think everything's going to be okay now. And usually when those soap phrases of doom are, 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 are mentioned, it's usually at least, you know, a couple of scenes or episodes until yeah. it all hits the fan. But this was li- literally, literally seconds. As soon as she said everything's that. Everything's going to be all right. 
Leanne, he's seizing again. Oh God! Yeah, he's having he's uh, he's having another seizure, and this is a bad one. He doesn't he, even by the end of the episode, he he's he's not he's not finished. No, and uh, so he's he's cutted off in an ambulance. Steve sleeps all the way through it, and nobody can get hold of him. But eventually, uh, Liz and Tracy go to number one, and um, they find him there snarfing down some uh, birthday cake. Um, he ex- they explain what's happened. He rushes off to the hospital. He gets there just in time to be told. Um, no, for, for for Leanne to be told that um, Ollie has been taken to intensive care. Yeah, because he's still not stable. No. Ah. Oh, anyway, so that's um, yeah, drama. I thought it was. I thought it was all right. I, I'm I'm invested. I, I I just know that I'm going to be let down when they have the big reveal of what it is because I'm assuming I might have heard of it. But I'm I'm interested in the fact that this is a you know a serious story. But on the on the flip side, it's another somebody's got a medical issue story. It's too dark for me again. Is it? Yeah. Are you saying that as somebody who knows what's happened, or just the fact no, that it is a sick baby that you don't just like? Just a kid being ill. I hate anyone being ill. I, I, I'm I'm not minding that. I'm I'm enjoying that it's given um, Leanne a bit of time in the spotlight. I hope that she isn't too insufferable in her in her grief about her son's condition. I hope that this I know, Simon Grayson's chance I'm really worried about how, to... where this is going to go because we only just really had Sinead die last year and I'm worried that this might be another person who dies. But now I've said that, I'm thinking they really can't kill someone off again in the space of two years and have like a young mother die of cancer and then a young boy die of something else i just think it would be too depressing i don't see the i know but on the other hand i think that they probably should i think they need to you know put their money where their mouth is and you know follow through but and why so- because why do we have to watch these depressing well i, I know it, I'm, i know I mean, it's like i'm really um... as a, if you were a soap producer ian mcleod maybe looked at some of the reaction to the Sinead stuff and was like people people like this people are invested in this this gets people talking um and also, you know, personally, I just think that there's been too many stories of people getting these conditions and and then having to live with them, but it never gets mentioned. It's like with Hope, with her cancer, isn't it? And how, how long ago was that? That must have been, what, four or five years ago yeah. that she had that? It can't be any more than that. Like... And, that. And that, looking back on it now, feels like it was a bit of a yeah, but hit and a miss. It was a build-up to nothing. The year after Hayley died? I don't remember. Or two years. I'm not sure. Uh... It just felt it. It almost felt like it was a build up to that big winter wonderland at Christmas Day, and, and not much else. And there's barely been yeah. a mention of it oh. since. And I'm not saying I wish Hope dead or anything like no, that. Maybe you're saying you wish Ollie was dead. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sometimes you got to take one for the team. Oh, God, <laughs> I I think it would be um, an interesting angle and a and a, a difficult complex angle for them to explore. With the with the mix of characters that are involved, the fact that you know then they're, they're not a couple anymore, um, and and I and I think that I think that everybody involved had would have the potential to give some some very good performances. There's definitely some great performances lurking in the wings here. You know, if this yeah. goes really badly for for Ollie, but but again, as I, I said, you, I, Simon Gregson. To me, to me, I watch on. I watch Crow for Escapism and medical mishaps and sad things and death hanging over you is not um feels doesn't feel like a escape mm. of problems like i'd 
I know, I, I totally then, know so what you mean. So that's why when people say about the Yasmin and Jeff story, like it was too dark, you know, and I feel really bad because I'm really enjoying it. So, you know, I'm mm. not going to say don't, you can't do these storylines on, on Corrie. And you're right to say that um, it's not it's not fair in a way to have stories about medical problems where everything turns out fine in the end because that's not what happens in life. Mm. I just feel like Corrie went... See, it feels to me like Corrie went for decades without really having medical-based stories. And now it feels like we have to have at least one on the go at all times, otherwise it's not realistic. Well, yeah, they've got it's that like, hospital Sam now, they've got to make use of. It's just not fair, it's not fair. Yeah. I, I... And the, the trouble with it is too, is that when you have this, you know, when you have these medical things, it doesn't have to be something that's exactly the same as what's wrong with you to, to trigger you and make you feel sad. It can be anything. Just looking at a hospital set and just seeing the doctors saying, I don't know what it is and I've got to look at, you know, all of that stuff just brings it all back. It doesn't matter whether it's cancer or whatever mm. or epilepsy. It's Nobody all, likes it's hospitals, the do they? It's the same. It's the, it feels the same no matter what is wrong with you when you watch these storylines and it affects you in a, in a, in a bad way. Yeah, I I do think so that that's they why need it feels to, the same to they me. They should ease off, but I'm I'm just wondering. Like, the, the the main reason I'm in it is just, and and it seems ghoulish. You don't have to justify I, it. I, I just want to see whether they would kill Ollie off because it, that would be, <laughs> you know, that's pushing the boundaries, isn't it? I don't think soaps definitely not Corey, um, kill off kids. No, I know, and there's a good reason because people don't like it, mm. and it, and now is a dark time in the world, and we don't really want things like this to happen and it's unfortunate this was planned before yeah um any of this was apparent that would be happening and i i just think that they can really i've already seen people saying oh i'm not watching Corey anymore because of the jeff stuff it's too dark this to me is a multitude worse than than what's happened to jeff and yasmine life and death and a, and a child's you know life hanging in the balance and parents crying and you know people standing helpless in a hospital uh waiting room waiting to find out what the heck's wrong with their their child that they've loved and you know so young it just feels like way worse than anything mm, i know it's even it's sad to see when it when I it mean, airs i mean Sinead was bad enough because she knew she had a baby yeah you know yeah just so dark mm. Anyway. You should only kill off ugly old people. <laughs> <laughs> Street fighter, Gemma. What's David been doing Well, this David's week? been sort of enjoying himself a bit, sort of. He's going to wind up in one of those hospital as beds we know long from if he's not careful. what Nick said, David lives a very full and active life. Oh, yeah, that was funny, wasn't it, when he was talking about his epilepsy? He said it like he was talking about a dog that only had three legs. <laughs> Made it look, sounded like he'd, he'd had... Um, even castrated or something. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't know. He hasn't got any balls. He still has a go. <laughs> and where where is David the dog? I haven't heard. I'm not aware of him. Anyway, so on Monday, David. David He'd have still... gone to Gail's birthday party. Wouldn't they? Free wine. He'd have had a, a bit of a cocktail sausage with Gail and Audrey. Yeah, yeah. The dog you're talking about. Now. Yes. <laughs> so he's still in the doghouse. For missing Max's speech at the community center awards for people that pick litter up for three days straight. Three days, <laughs> only because it was a two episode, <laughs> one episode spread out onto Monday and Wednesday, Gemma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they want three days worth of litter in the community garden to start with. Um, Sarah's having a go at him. David wants her to back off, and he's also forgotten Gail's birthday. Um, 
Oh, this is the bit. This story was great on Monday. There was some really great dialogue by uh, uh, Damon Rushford, wasn't it? I loved the line that David says, um, if you wait for me to give a nod to the brass band playing in the garden, they can start playing Happy Birthday. Gail, Gail doesn't think that's funny. I, I thought there that was There are a few really good bits. We'll get to them as we His talk. delivery was brilliant. Gail, um, Gail plays the peacemaker as usual. David and Sarah squabbling over this. I have said it before and I said it again. I absolutely love it when David and Sarah squabble. They've got a really great brotherly sisterly relationship, and it's uh, it, it obviously used to be better when they were younger kids living there together. And I can I can remember them like yeah, scrapping over the sofa and what have you. But I I do like the idea that they still can revert to their. Know, young teenage states. You do that every time you get near your sister. You I know. Fighting each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> David overhears Bernie and Craig talking about a turf war that's going on in town later. Yeah, it's all going down on the. Uh, I can't remember what the estate was called. Not the Jasmine Allen. That was at the bill. Let's call it that. <laughs> um, West Side Story, directed by Quentin Tarantino. That's what Bernie says. It's like. Yeah, David is interested in this, and we know that something's going to happen here. Then we have some brilliant scenes with Gail and Audrey getting ready for the party. It's mostly Gail getting ready for the party and Audrey just Audrey's drinking. drinking the Portuguese wine. Yeah, she said, what she say? Oh, she said, uh, she, they're talking about who can come and who can't. And she <laughs> said... the best line. She said, uh, oh, is Yasmine coming? And Gail's like, no, she's in prison for attempted murder. And, and Audrey's like, oh yeah, I knew she had summer on. <laughs> That was the line of the the month. That was so good. Really great. Sally can't come. She texts. Nick can't come. Audrey doesn't care. She's got this Portuguese Verdi that she's brought, and it's very nice, apparently. I don't know what the alcohol rate was, but it was enough to get them both sozzled by the end of the the episode. They give up on the party, but it's very sweet mother-daughter moment because they're on the sofa together with their wine, and Audrey says, I'm so glad I had you, darling. That that's what made it. That was like yeah, the... it was. It was just absolutely perfect, Corrie, um capture of family relationship of you know yeah um, chaos well, and love. That yeah, there's there was the squabbling, there was the comedy. That because because Audrey was she really wasn't being useless, wasn't she? She didn't care. It was Audrey's birthday. At yeah. All. Oh, and also um, David ends up giving Gail a card that has got. Oh, oh we'll get to oh, that's that. on Wednesday. Um, on Wednesday, uh, David's walking around, and if you are not from the UK, um, you might believe the hype that Coronation Street is about working class families. But when you see this, uh, you can see what some of the writers and producers think is as a real working class <laughs> area, because this is like Chav City. Yeah, David is attracted by the sound of the chav music wafting through the air. A difference between a respectable working class community like Weatherfield and a chav dungeon like the place where where Bernie and Gemma came from. Well, they always used to have it back in the uh, the early sixties, Corey, as well, because there was they they yeah, had they, their they little street urchins, yeah. hadn't they? There's Literally. always been like an underclass of like proper awful, like stereotypical what the Daily Mail thinks of working class people. Yeah, but in, in the 60s, Corrie, it's literally these little children with all like grubbed up faces, aren't they? Like they've just come out of the workhouses. Oh, no, 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 mister. Yeah. But anyway, these, these are the horrible chavvy... Are they teenagers? I don't know. Scally Estate. they got a car. Um, yeah, so the Scally Estate has got the chavs and everyone's walking around looking shifty and... Um, and it's a perfect place for to, to start a... 
that of Barney. I have to say, the, dif- the main difference between this evil chav nest and, and Coronation Street seems to be that the evil chav nest has got bigger houses and slightly more green areas because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a proper council estate, whereas this is like a, a Victorian, you know, um, yeah. factory workers' mm. um, yeah. quarters, isn't it, from back in the day? I, I, I think that they should have filmed this down at the Dog and Gun and had a bit of a throwback there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, he sees these these chavs in a in a car listening to music. Um, typical antisocial behaviour. You should be listening at home on your iPhone with your earbuds in your ears, <laughs> or jogging safely for no more than half an hour at, at a time. No, unlimited. It's fine. No, you can go back in and come back out again as much <laughs> as you want. He starts jumping up and down on the bonnet, and they get annoyed rightfully and start chasing him. Um, but uh, he runs around the corner to see Craig is there, I don't know, advising somebody about... Uh, I was saying to his car, wasn't I? How to doesn't matter. Fill up his windscreen wiper fluid or something. The, the chavs see that the cop's there and, and, give, and sort of give up. And, yeah. Oh no, it's Officer Tinker! Oh no, not him, he's a tough nut. Uh, David just sails on past, running away. And then, so that's the end of that. But in the pub later, Craig's like, what the hell were you doing in Scally Estate? You shouldn't be exercising there. And Dave's like, oh, I just need to let, let off steam, but please don't tell my family that I was there. And he says, well, I won't tell them, but you've got to stop doing it. Um, and Dave is really great. He says, well, first somebody else, I'd lie to you now and tell you I'm going to stop, but I'm not somebody else. So there, basically. Mm. Um, David goes home to Gail, who's had a birthday, nap by this point and um i guess it's a bit drunk gives her a birthday card and has crossed out happy birthday mum and written happy birthday gail that was such a great idea i love that yeah it had a i, I didn't write down what the verse was inside but it was basically it was, it was tantamount tween. to you I, i'm this way thanks to you yeah it was it was and she was, was like oh absolutely charming. perfect and and then she laughs and they both kind of like Look at each other and go, yeah, Richard Hillman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when uh, d- that phase when David wrote all the uh, cards from yeah. Richard Hillman to Gail? Yeah, <laughs> she should be grateful it's just got that written on it. <laughs> so th- this also ended quite sweetly, didn't it? Because as as he goes to bed, he's like, "Happy birthday, mum!" And it's just it doesn't need much. It doesn't take much, but it just ties a nice little bow on it, doesn't it? Yeah, it was really well done. It really, yeah, just little moments like that show that you know. Say what they like to each other. They're still family and they still love each other, really. Yeah, that's the only reason I want a big family. So love I can it. have Go more people Platt. to abuse and they have to forgive me. <laughs> um, yeah, and he also gets told about Ollie. On Friday, mm. um, Craig's sticking his nose in a bit more and gives David It's Good to Talk a little leaflet there, I guess, about not... It was, uh, I think, I think was Craig... speak and save? I think so. It was basically, Craig kind of knows that David's been going through a bit of a rough time recently. I mean, this is what David says, I'm going running to, to try and, I'm trying to run out, run Shona off my head or something. And, and it, Craig's like, oh, have a leaflet. Have a leaflet The police station it. is full of them. Um, and also he offers to go to running together with him. And David tries to say, I don't want to do it. But Craig doesn't take no for an answer. Um, and they sort of arrange a run at lunchtime, which he said lunchtime, not dinner time. Did he say he lunchtime? He did say lunchtime. Well, la di da. I'm sure he did. <laughs> so they get going together, and but Dave's not really into it because he doesn't like running. He likes fighting and jumping on people's cars. See, I, I'm wondering, like, 
You're right, he doesn't like jogging. Who uh, doesn't, David? David doesn't like jogging. Nobody that's... likes jogging. Well, Nick... People like after when you finish jogging and you can be smug <laughs> and have pork scratchings. So, yeah, his brother Nick, he's the, he's the jogger in the family, isn't he? He's got, like, posters up about it in the flat and everything. But I, I'm still wondering, what is it that is giving David his buzz at the moment? And we're saying, oh, he's going to join a fight club, but but that's I'm I'm that is literally still guessing at the moment. I'm sure there are spoilers out there about what what there is. But we we saw it. It kind of started off that time when he goaded those people with a knife, but he seemed to get some thrill of being chased. And then (laughs) chase me, chase me. It is. It it, it all started that time. Do you remember that awesome chase when Clayton was when he was he chasing Clayton or chasing Clayton him? I can't remember. And they like leapt over the fences and everything. There's some brilliant uh, drone shots. And and then um, this episode as well, as he was running away from the guys, this he had this massive grin on his face. And and we also saw a month or however long ago. That time when he when he bumped into that guy coming out of the tram stop and I yeah. kind of imagine and we didn't That's see the right. aftermath of that mm. but I imagine he did it and then and then ran so I, th- I think he likes Getting he likes the buzz of yeah and, and he knows that he's you know he's he's small he's a bit nippy he, he should be going running more often with Craig to get his speed up well, he's, he's only going to be far, the faster one out of the the two a certain number of times he's going to bump into somebody the same boat of Weatherfield, and he's gonna end up being run down. Yeah, maybe. But so the the only thing that that does so far to me that makes it that suggests a fight club is that is that ripped t shirt. But I suppose if your aim is to goad people into chasing you, you're sometimes you're gonna get caught. No, I, I I don't think he's in a fight club. I don't think that. If he is, it seems a bit silly because I don't think they exist. <laughs> <laughs> they do, it's just people don't talk about them. <laughs> but um You know that you know the rules are supposed you know that the first rule and the second rule of folk club are supposed to encourage you to break the rules of the first rule, right? Uh, the, uh, what are they again? You don't I, talk about fight club. Yeah. You don't talk about fight club. Are they both the same? <laughs> you need to watch the film again. I've only seen the film once. I probably it's didn't a, understand it, it the first time. Any, anyway, anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Do all fight clubs have the same rules, though? I don't know. I don't know if they're franchises. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think he just enjoys silly. baiting people and getting into fights. I don't we, think. I think he. I think he wants to. Obviously, he doesn't want to get hurt. He but if he gets into an actual fight, I don't think he'd mind that either. Just to, I think the thrill of just being alive and knowing that, you know, for that for that brief moment in time, the most important thing is getting away or, or winning a fight. He mm. doesn't have to worry about Shona, doesn't have to worry about Max or anybody else. It's literally him, his body, and, and how fast he can run. Mm. I can't remember who he's spoken to before about wanting to feel something. I don't know whether it was... Um, was it Alina that time that he... Maybe. He went off with her and saying, I just need to feel something, feel like I'm alive. But yeah, so you're right that he likes to bait people. I mean, Gail is testament a, to that. He's, yeah. He's always had a skill. Yeah, so the difference is that Gail's not going to chase him down the, down Rosamond Street. So I, I'm interested in this, but um, I, I was a little bit disappointed by the, the, the car bonnet jumping scene because I thought that it was going to lead into him getting beaten up or something, and it was over before it started almost. He jumps on the bonnet, runs off, and that's it. I was, I was expecting it to be something a bit bigger. I know, but we know, we know he's doing stuff behind the scenes because of that ripped T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, just, I hope we, we see it sooner rather than later. Um, 
I would say, though, that he's being a bit reckless, the fact that he's got his epilepsy, and the fact as well that it's been mentioned. And I know it's not part of the story, but I'm wondering whether one of the reasons that it's been mentioned in the Ollie story is to you know, freshen it up in the the viewers' minds that David suffers from this and he's going to have some kind of um, epilepsy attack either when he's really trying to run point. away or whether he gets beaten up. Or You are bringing this up and it's a good point because of the things that he said on Friday to Leanne and Steve about... Uh, it was Leanne and Nick, wasn't Leanne it? and Nick about what it's like to have epilepsy. And he was basically just saying, like, how to, how to help yourself if you have epilepsy... Basically, look after yourself. Eat fruit and vegetables. Don't get too stressed and sleep enough. Don't drink. And he's certainly not doing any of those things. Mm. So it serves him right if he has an attack. So it's a quite prophetic, really, if, it, if that were to be the case. Because he's already explained why he would have sort of um, led himself down the path of getting yeah. a yeah. few more, like a fit. Mm. Hmm. We'll have to see. Um, uh, what else Gail, is that? There's a few more funny Audrey bits we've got to mention. Like she wanted to soak her feet in the washing up bowl. I like when... that. Um, oh, go on. No, I was just going to say that I like that they mentioned Gail's dad, Ted. And she went, "Oh, lovely gay Ted." I thought he was dead for sure. Like, they is literally... he not dead? No. Maybe well, he is. They... Dead. No, he sent them oh. a card <laughs> from maybe... beyond the grave. <laughs> maybe, maybe he left like a box of cards with a solicitor. <laughs> maybe Audrey sent it. I, I, it's been like over ten years since Ted was in it, and sometimes with with characters' elderly relatives, they just don't get talked about again, do they? And I then... know, but it was really nice. Yeah, good old gay Ted. <laughs> I, if he if he's not dead, why hasn't he been round to visit? Uh, he's too busy doing gay things at home <laughs> fabulous gay things that don't involve an awful party with Portuguese wine I think he's I think he's just a canal street all the time he's a now you're stereotyping it's very, it's very <laughs> reductive um, another stere- awful stereotype was Gail's terrible outfit oh, that was dreadful she looked like a member of the Manson family I think she looked like she was um, oh, she just good... escaped from a 60s mental asylum we had some good insults for her dress on the Facebook group didn't we we did but we I think everybody agreed uh, yeah, we, there we, was no good. There was no nobody was saying it wasn't like me with uh, DS Finch McBangs going. No, you're all wrong. What do you mean? I love her outfit. Everyone was in unanimous agreement that this was an absolute fashion fail. And I'm glad Ted wasn't there to see it because he would have been ashamed of her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Another stereotype. Um, anyway, so that was that. I, I really, really love the Gail and Audrey stuff. That was a, that was a definite highlight of the week for me. Um, interested in this story let's see how it goes and uh, watch this space for uh, for craig weight loss because we've seen in real life colson smith has certainly trimmed down over the past few months so even if david doesn't like running it it's like craig keeps it up at least i know good for you yes um right what's next so it was did you do that or did me is it my I turn i did it right now we're on to the the quick this and nothing much to talk part. about stories Everybody, Kathy and Bernie hated each other, and now they like each other. Because let's well, remind everybody, Bernie's working at the Donna Prima Donna shop now because as a, as a sort of indentured slave yeah. for for the Winters and and Browns, so that, so that uh, Chesney and, and Gemma's problems can in, all be solved. In lieu of Gemma working there, Bernie's working there. I'm not quite sure how that works on the taxes, but we won't uh, ask no, any questions. Of, did you say instead of Gemma working there? I thought of, it was Gemma. No, instead of Chesney working there. Well, either way, I don't suppose that the the, the inland revenue knows about this <laughs> um kathy's all ready to to quit but then when a dev offers her a 50p an hour raise you said to me did he just say 50 quid an hour and i was like what 
do you think? <laughs> I didn't think it was that much, but also 50p an hour, it doesn't really seem like it's enough to sweeten That's the like deal. That's four like but... £4 a day. Mm. Oh, uh, Mr Moneybags. <laughs> anyway, it stopped, that stops her quitting. Um, and on Wednesday, she decides that she's going to give it a real go and Bernie's going to be a new project. Um, and she's going to turn around into the world's greatest kebab server. Kebabier. Step one, tomato slicing. Uh, Bernie, Bernie rightly thinks she she's already mastered the art of slicing tomatoes at her advanced age of I'm going to say forty, just in <laughs> case she's listening. Um, anyway, Bernie is after one slice is already t- gets tired and brings Thirsty out work, the ciders. So um, that Kathy's like, should should we be drinking cider Seth, on the job? Kathy I'll go on takes then. No, no prompting. She, it's like it came naturally. She's like, oh yeah. A nice cider on a Wednesday afternoon mm. at work <laughs> around around kebabs, knives and deep fat fryers. Yeah, so they get drunk. Then then their extremely tall colleague comes to relieve them. So they take it down to the pub um, where they, they seem to be friends now. And Cathy said, oh, I was just a bad judge of character. So hooray. I want Dev to come in and sack them. I know, they should. I think that tall, is- tall Matt should report them so he can get, he can get their shifts. Get a 50p an hour. I know. I don't think that Dev would be lenient on them at all. We know what Dev's like. If you mess up at work, he's like a tornado of fury. He really he's is. All cool so and Jeb's chilled. already been on the brunt of that. Yeah, he's all chilled and laid back until you do something wrong. And then he sort of like turns into the Tasmanian devil and starts trying to attack you. Oh, the Tasmanian dev. Ill. <laughs> no, you're right. I know, and I, I was, I he was is, disappointed. He's a really bad, but he's like really scary boss. I was disappointed in Kathy for giving Literally in just so going, easily. I, I don't know what the point of this little story was, to be honest. No, it's like why? Why couldn't they have just been friends? I it just know. makes me look. It just makes me disappointed in Kathy. When, when I, when I just think back to when Kathy oh. came in in the first year, and I know it was a bit silly looking back on it that. That she she got engaged to Roy and everything, but it seems like a different person, doesn't it? The the Kathy that came into the show, I know she was a hoarder and everything, but she's she's just a bit of a joke now. It's really sad, and 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 she's fun, and and and, and Melanie Hill's fun in real life because I've been on a quiz team with her, don't you know? But, but <laughs> you've seen her after a few sliders as well. I have, and she and she definitely couldn't be trusted to slice a tomato, <laughs> let alone instruct somebody else. I just, I, I'm just really disappointed that they've got a real, real quality actress there in Melanie Hill, and actually Jane as well. I, I, I hear that she is good. I've not seen her in anything else, but they're, they're not, they're not really giving either of them a chance to, to show what they can really do. For, for drama okay. they're not going to be getting the uh, any best dramatic performance gongs at the awards anytime soon are they which is sad i really 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 want them to give kathy a proper storyline yeah but you say that but there will be people that enjoyed this as much as not i'm not going to patronise Coronation Street and say that everyone enjoyed this as much as the Gale and Audrey stuff because there's more history there just than just five minutes but um, people have enjoyed this in a similar way to enjoying that and it's like a character v- vignette we moan when they don't do them and we moan when they do them so what are they supposed to do and also I'd rather have a thousand of those sort of scenes than one scene of Ollie in a hospital bed and Deanne and yeah, fair Steve enough, fair over enough. his little corpse it's not Corey or however, not this is going to end. Just for me. 
No, I, I know. Just, I just, think, I, I, I just, just always think when when we moan about when we yeah I know, but when we moan about dead end scenes and sort of pointless sort of character development stuff, which feels pointless because there's no story. It just reminds myself that this is what we moan about not happening. I just, it, it was, I just want to, I, I'm not, yeah, okay. Okay. Let's move on. Don't be mean. <laughs> Don't be mean. So um, this we know a bit more than was revealed today is going to turn into an issues-based storyline. <laughs> what, another one? <laughs> <laughs> on Friday... Um, the grand reopening of the bistro is imminent. I'd totally forgotten about the I renovations had, and I've been waiting. The what do you mean? They brought it out the other week when Sally wanted to go there for the... Oh, yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they, for the tasting. And I mentioned it a few times. Yeah, no, you're I right, think it you're looks right. much better in there. When they did it up the first time, it looked outdated already. It looked... It was, like, purposefully scruffy, the last design no, of the no, bistro, y- wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, in that it was a design choice, not as, as in the set dresses wanted yeah, it to yeah, look yeah. scruffy it was like it was like 2005 Shabby era chic. you know like oh it's a fun it's like a it's yeah. like a sophisticated western bar it, it with looks, cactuses it everywhere it looks classier now and it's got nice it plants better. down one wall and everything yes, it's got a I like wall. I like the design of the bistro now I know it we didn't see a whole lot of it and I, I, I look interested to see when it's actually open it feels current which it yeah. didn't the first time they redid it when it was Nick's it did not it felt dated mm. um, and I hope also that they're going to ground it in Manchester like they did with Trim Up North, where they tried to make it a bit Northern Quarterly and stuff. Mm, mm. I, I've never really understood why they had a bar that had cactuses on the table and, like, distressed wooden, like, a vaguely kind of American, like, someone who'd never even seen an American TV show's idea <laughs> of what an American... You know what I mean? It just yeah. felt a bit weird, and I didn't know what the theme was supposed to be, other than I, I got this stuff cheap <laughs> down the range. <laughs> Anyway, it looks good. I'm very pleased. And I want to know what is on the menu because I always like reading the menus. But, you know, that's that's in the, in the future. It, it does mean, Gemma, we're going to have to have another trip to the set when we can so we can inspect new bistro set. Yeah, we will have to <laughs> cast our eye upon it. Give our verdict. Give our steal the seal of approval. I have to say that when you actually go to the bistro, the, the one before this set, it really looks very, very different. Because the ceilings go up a lot higher than you would think that they do. There's mm. a lot more more to the set than the the bits you see, really. Yeah. And the filming angles are, were difficult when we went to go see it. It was difficult to work out because I think the walls were in. And um, it wasn't apparent where we should be standing to get the camera eye view. Yeah. There are some sets which are just built on one plane. Like, for example, the Platts yeah. front room. You always see it's it. Literally, from... It's like, like the Simpsons front room. You see it from one angle and that's it. Yeah. And then there are other sets like the Bistro where you can be standing almost anywhere and get a shot. And yeah. so when you actually go to the set, you feel a bit disorientated because you're not quite sure. As I say, it was a bit... I definitely got that with the Bistro. Same in Speed Dial as well, a yeah. little bit. Anyway, which I just w- point out again uh, to, to add to that, goes to show you the heritage of those sets and how the sort of the staticky kind of sets are very much set in the kind of tradition of stage plays and like the origins of Coronation Street mm. as like a play that was shown on television. Yeah. And then versus what it is now, which is, you know, in like new a, places, yeah. Anyway. So the Bistro's gonna open, everyone's getting ready. Ray has hired a new manager to replace what's the other one? Um 
Oh, what's his name? Uh, Danny. Danny. There's, there's, it was Danny, now it's Donny. I know, I think he just went, I can't be bothered to learn more than one name. If I call you Danny, just answer, <laughs> answer will you? So he's, to get rid of Danny, he, use, he was going out with... James. James, and now has buggered off. And so we've got Don. And Don is a bit of a dick. And he has been moaning about the, the Baileys finishing in, in the bistro, because they've been the, the main... Builders. Builders there. And um, Ray, 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 I think Ray's the one that's got a problem, but he's blaming Don. Um, Ray's going, oh, sorry, sorry, you know, I don't want to get on the wrong side of my new manager. What are you talking about, Ray? You're a scumbag. <laughs> Why do you care what your new manager thinks? You should be putting him in his place in his first few days, making him do all the hard work, not running around telling everybody, oh, watch out. Dom's really horrible. He doesn't like what you doesn't like the grouting. <laughs> I thought it was really stupid. I I can't. I thought this was bad writing because Ray does not seem to me like the sort of man who would spend any time passing on information from his lower downs to his even lower downs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don can. I thought you know Don can tell me himself. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> Get back in the back room and have that go at that wine cellar. Later on, Ed's going to work, and he's he and Michael are having a chat together, and then Don comes over, and he's like, "Oh, Lenny Henry, stop slacking and get on with it." Hmm. First, alarm bells begin to go off. They just kind of brush it off. Um, Ed sees James in the street a bit later and says, "Danny's left," and James is a bit surprised and a bit upset because th- they were dating each other, and then Ed kind of ruined it, and then. Um, Danny went on the internet and outed James as gay, and it was yeah. all a bit of a kerfuffle. It was a it? bit of a kerfuffle. <laughs> I, from James's reaction, it seemed like he kind of maybe hadn't completely given up on him and thought that there yeah, could have been a chance. But he clearly that they wasn't could have in touch with him, otherwise, you would have realised that he was not working in the bar down the road. From yeah, his literally house. 30 second walk away <laughs> from his house. Back at work later, and, and Michael comes in. Well, no, Michael's there and, and uh, Ed's telling him that they're not going to get paid until Don's happy with everything. And he gets worried because he says, I'm supposed to see Grace and Tiana and I told them I would give them money and I'm not going to have any money now. Um, and as they're talking, Don comes over again and says, oh, you people are always wasting time gassing. And Michael is like, what do you mean you people? And Don's like, oh, I meant builders, obviously. And then sort of wanders off and leaves... Ed and Michael again looking at each other going right is he a, is he just a prick or is he a, is he a racist <laughs> um then later on in the street we have James a county fan comes out of the bistro and starts goading him saying oh good you shouldn't be out here gassing you should be off practicing gay boy but you like being in the um showers and all this stuff and and Tim has to sort of say you get get leave him alone, get lost, because James is like ready to fight him. He is a and James bless him. He's not the. He's a bit like Craig, is he? He's he like he's not the toughest, is he? He's like, well, yeah, well, you should do one. <laughs> but yeah, he did look he like he's an was, athlete. He's a professional athlete, Michael. I think he could beat you up. He he could beat me up with his fists and not with his words. Yeah, he, I think, he does I think go it, to lamp this county fan, doesn't he? And yeah, Tim has to to pull him back. Yeah, and 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 so, um, this was. So, so yeah, Friday was just people being mean. I thought the first time, because we, we had to rewatch that last thing, because I'd, by that point I hadn't learned what Don, look, Don looked like, and I thought that that was Don 
also Don. insulting Don. Uh, uh, James, who as well as we being a, a possible a... racist, he could have also been a, <laughs> a definite homophobe as well. We had a well. bit of a all white people look the same moment because we were like, is that the guy? No, they're two different people. Yes. We had to go back. He's just some random football fan in the pub that comes out, sees somebody from the team he, he supports and that's right. it. And has, and a, has go a go at him. Because well, he, he says, oh, you need to get back to training. So obviously James has been... Um, not doing so well in the matches recently, not scored enough goals or whatever, whatever football people do. They, they get, they do hoops <laughs> um, in the net. So anyway, that that's obviously going to develop into something else on the, on Monday. So well, there'll be more to talk about that there. I don't think it's too much of a surprise to say that, that Don's racism becomes a story. Yes. Um, we know that for, for a fact. So I was surprised to see them also try to tackle homophobia in the same in the same episode there's only half an hour mm. and we had racism and homophobia and i'm not saying this, obviously this happens but not in a soap generally like you normally you focus on one thing so i don't know whether yeah, it's, it's going to be tied up together. Maybe it's going to be like um, it's not like Ed, Ed, ed's having to deal with this you know casual racism and then it's he not sees casual. Uh, it's no play the white man but but then and then he sees that james is having to deal with some you know that that kind of abuse and and and, and maybe it'll make him more accepting of james oh, yeah, or something like point. that um yeah because we, we've spoken before at length about how there are you know there are parallels because you can't you, you know you don't choose to be black and you don't choose to be gay you know mm. Tell you what, the street is not being very hospitable to the Paul Baileys at the moment, are they? No, it's really horrible to watch as well. And it and it's one of these things where it's like microaggressions where you you know that or you're not sure really somebody's being horrible to you or, or giving you a look in some way and you don't know why and they're like it's a real privilege of, of ours to never think, oh, they don't like me because I'm white, you know. Like you don't, yeah. you wouldn't be your first thing. Whereas, Jane, like Ed and it's like being gaslit. Ed and Ed and Ed and um Michael in there, and they they know that this guy is being racist. But at the same time, there's enough plausible deniability mm, in it to anything. be like, oh, those you people. I didn't mean. I meant builders, you know. And it's like you, you. I know exactly what you meant. Mm. And, it, and, but then again, there are there will be other times when the person is just being a dick. Yeah, you don't know. They're not necessarily racist; they're just horrible to everybody. Or already, or it maybe is they being, don't like you because you're being a dick. Already, it is being done better than the play the white man, which was yeah. The last time Coronation Street tackled racism head on was in a very clumsy yeah, way, clumsy, exactly. trying trying to avoid saying anything offensive by using a very dated slur that that didn't really land, and then. Yeah, it wasn't. We you can listen to our thoughts on that. It was Lloyd and Paul, wasn't it? Mm. Um, it didn't work at all because they were trying to do something very about something that was very offensive without offending anybody, and it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No, no. I don't know whether people they're going to get complaints about, you know, being called gay boy, and mm. um, I don't know if people know Lenny Henry. The the reference to Lenny Henry, he's a very very famous black comedian in this country. Yeah, like from uh, the eighties, he, he was, was like one to of the French, yeah. Right? He, was kind he does of comment like, relief. Yeah, he's um, I guess like one of the most prominent black comedians in the eighties, nineties yeah. in this country. Mm. Well, um, his de- his career has spanned decades because he's still famous now. Yeah, 
Um, I think it was the 80s, or was it just the 90s? No, 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 I I would say it was. He's been around our entire lives anyway. Yeah. Um, This story also reminded us that Michael is going to be starting work at Underworld soon, because it's been so long because of the you know, the spread out episodes since he had that interview and he said, oh, I can't start working for two weeks, but that must be like, you know, a month or so month ago. ago now. So, so that's he's going to be a salesman at Underworld starting from next week. Exactly. Or maybe the week after. <laughs> Who knows? Um, we also had the, uh, the Gemma storyline this week. Not a whole lot. She's still not really um, wanting any help or support from anybody. And when Billy and Paul come around to babysit, she's... She she and and she thinks that this uh this uh self help support group later that she's going to go to isn't going to help her at all and she what what's the point of this nobody else is going through what I'm going through but then there was I thought it was quite a nice scene when um when she's in the, having their you know the circle time together and then the, this woman opens up and describes the uh the horror of having children and postnatal <laughs> depression horrible and and she what she describes really strikes a chord with how Gemma was feeling. I thought that was I done thought quite it was, nicely. I thought it was nice, but it was also very plainly like it was literally. Yeah. We literally got told. We didn't get shown anything. We literally had Gemma go listen to somebody and literally turned to Ches and went, "It's like she's talking about me." There was no subtlety in it whatsoever. There wasn't, but but I, Gemma's not a subtle character. <laughs> no, so maybe that fitted. So, you know, is it? Uh, is she? Is she going to be better now? Now she well, realises she's not the keep, only one. This is kind of what is annoying me about her story. And she's not really... She Maybe she has alluded to it a bit, but I feel as though everyone's getting away with this. Like, everyone around her is going, well, you've got your pills now. You must be better. Have you, are you better now? You've had your pills. And she's like, no, I'm not bloody better now I've had my pills. Because at the end of the day, even if she doesn't have postnatal depression, she's still got four kids and a useless boyfriend. <laughs> um... And then we, apart from that, we just had this stuff with Arthur, which was literally nothing today, was it? Well, she's Evelyn's, trying to pretend that she's not bothered. Yeah, I can't remember who she's talking to in the shop where she's, and she's done it before, hasn't she? She's. Mm, I don't mind. It's because she I'm doesn't bothered. doesn't want to um, lose face if uh, if it doesn't work out. But even when he comes and and uh, into the Rovers and says, "Do you want to do you want to come out dancing with me?" Even then, she's like, "Oh well, yeah, go on then." But you can tell that she's. She's a bit excited by it. I want to see Evelyn and Arthur dancing to the Wurlitzer. Yes, I do as well. Um, cool. We might have to wait until next week. But she'll be so that. sad when she finds out he is the the um, Weatherfield serial killer. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that revelation. Right, Gemma. That's the end of this week's Coronation Street. It wasn't, it wasn't a sort of sterling... It was no two weeks ago when Jasmine... Um, Jasmine? Jasmine stabbed Jeff with a knife. With a, I don't know what I'm talking about with a glass bottle, was it? No, it was it was an it was an all right it was week. A pretty average week. Yeah, I mean the the Yasmin stuff was the standard denied bail stuff thing. Um, Ollie Wobbles was building up to something. Um, the the Street Fighter, we we the the Gail and Aud- and Audrey scenes kind of made those that. Were, but like those I said, the, the the scene with those are going to get an extra half a mark with me. The the scenes with David and the car bonnet were. I just I mean, thought it was a bit. Is, da- is David like typical David, like being a being a ragamuffin? <laughs> yeah, um, and, and everything else was meh. There was barely anything there. So I mean, I I think 
three Asian Emily Bishops out of five what is, is a fair score. That was a reference to people talking about Yasmin and not thinking that she had it in her to stab uh, Jeff. And somebody said, oh, yeah, she's usually so nice and calm and polite. She's like an Asian Emily Bishop. Oh, God. So three Asian Emily Bishops. Well, maybe Bishops Emily Bishop is like a white Yasmin Nazir. Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> um, what are you scoring it? <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half non-consensual magic act. Because I thought that was a really um, good point that that Evelyn made is that um, Jeff is kind of like a, a a magical rapist. Like you don't ask to him to do magic on you; he just does it without <laughs> asking your permission. And I think we need to talk more about consent in the magic world. And uh, David Blaine and the rest of them need to really have like informed consent before they they try to astound and amaze you. And and Darren Brown as well. I'm not laying if yeah. And those rabbits that ask you you get pulled out of hats, do they? God knows where they've been. <laughs> um, character of the week, thinking um, probably Asian Emily Bishop. <laughs> Asian Emily Bishop didn't have any lines no, this I week. Know. Very sad. Um, I, I think uh, oh. Audrey. I know. I was going to say Audrey. I'm thinking like storyline development wise, I, I couldn't really put my finger what on about anybody Leanne here. Or... No, because I mean, I feel I feel sorry for Leanne, but also she was a bit mad. She D- David is more exciting in a, from a storyline perspective for me. But he's too remote, isn't he? Mm. At the moment, they're building mystery by us by us only yeah. knowing half of what he's up to. Leanne reacted in a very natural way to a, a horrible situation. It's not enough for me to give a character of the week, and she wasn't, you know, entertaining to watch or anything. For for pure entertainment value, I've I've got to say it's it between was, Audrey and David. Aud- so I'll go for Audrey. I, Audrey was my first thought because she just delivered all of her lines so perfectly, and yeah. it's another one of those things that Corey can do really well where you've known these characters for decades and mm. those lines are so poignant and meaningful. Yeah, and, and the fact that there was some sweetness with it as well yeah, at exactly. the end. So, so three, three and a half, yeah. and two Audrey's for this, uh, this week. Two Not bad, but, you know, let's see if you can do better next week, Corey, <laughs> please. That's it. Um, it's time for a little bit of news, so let's move on to the cabin. Okay, cabin time. Now, um, I'm quite excited by the news this week. There's only a, uh, there's one big bit of news and a couple of little ones. But this first one, um, I think, could keep us talking for a little while, and it is the reveal of some Coronation Street stamps. <gasps> and, you know, that's, that's double nerdy, isn't it? Stamps and Coronation Street. I'm in there. This was a, a surprise um, reveal on, when was it? Monday, Tuesday? I can't remember when, uh, when this came out. Yeah, but it's been was... something that's been put together for the 60th anniversary. We... Did we we mentioned on the podcast about your great aunt Valerie's mm. stamp collection that she yeah just a couple us. of weeks ago and um, I we were both disgruntled to find that there were not actually no Coronation Street stamps in her collection and um, on Monday night I was looking I think it was Monday or Tuesday night I was looking on Twitter very very late and you were in bed and I saw um, Paul at Courier posted about stamps and saying oh, I like these and that and I thought he was just like on an eBay. Uh, at stamps, I was like, "Yeah, see, why didn't she have them?" <laughs> I didn't realise. Oh, it's really that sad that she didn't sad, get a chance to buy some Cory stamps for her collection. No, I know, but she would want us to have some, so we bought some. <laughs> we have bought some Coronation Street stamps in indeed. memory of Gav. Yes. Um, anyway, so but before we talk about the stamps or, or describe the stamps for anyone that can't be bothered to just go and search for them yeah. on the internet, um, we we got uh, a few details about them. They're going to be on sale on May the twenty eighth. And when I when I read that, I was like, "Oh, that's still ages away in the future." But actually, it's still. 
Oh. I don't know that. Shush. I, I, it's true. May the 28th. Um, yeah, it's only two weeks away that these stamps are going to be available. So it is coming up jolly soon. Um, this in, quote doesn't make sense. In Mac- no, it doesn't. Ian McLeod has said, In our historic 60th year, it is an honour to have the show immortalised in this fashion. Stan and Hilda Ogden Royal. I think I copied that, copied and pasted copied more wrong. than I needed to. So, so Ian McLeod has given a bit of a, uh, a pithy quote there. Um, no, well, he also carries on. Coronation Street. Oh, yeah, I must have just copied like a caption from a picture. There's the rest of it. Coronation Street has had many iconic double acts down the years. Indeed, it's a defining feature of the show. I hope fans will agree that the ones we've chosen, after much heated debate, are among the best of the bunch. This fun idea is a great way to pay homage to the nation's best-loved soap and gives lovers of Coronation Street a little smile when an envelope pops through their letterbox and they see their favourite characters looking up at them. Oh, Gav would have loved this. I know she would have done. Um, So, uh, And the Royal Mail Stamp Strategy Manager, and there's a job title, Philip Parker has said, for six decades, Coronation Nation Street's fans have witnessed the unfolding lives of its residents and shared their sorrows and laughter. We celebrate the nation's best-known street with stamps showing some of its unforgettable characters. I would have absolutely loved to have seen the meeting where they were deciding who gets to go on on the stamp. Because... Let's... Can we just... I'm sure everybody who has seen the the stamps that have been revealed have all thought exactly the same thing. So let's just get this out of the way first... What the hell is Gemma doing on a stamp? And not just any stamp, a stamp of iconic Rovers barmaids. Yeah, you heard it, a barmaid. So there's, there's uh, how many stamps in total? 12 stamps. There's some double act stamps that we'll come to in a minute. And then there's a selection of Rovers barmaid stamps. And like the presentation of it is there's a picture of the, the bar and there's four barmaids uh, superimposed behind it. And yeah, when, they're like cut out like they're all behind the bar yeah, together. But, yeah, look, yeah, it looks like they're all there together. And a great idea. Coronation Street is uh, yeah, are barmaids they, are a legacy. Are our actually, very first Patreon episode was about our top five barmaids. But can I just ask you? Go on. Are they? Is it actually barmaids or is it no? It's Rovers Return. This makes it even more. What do you mean? It's not just barmaids because Bet was. She was a barmaid before she was landlady. Yeah, it's but been, she's also yeah. But Michael. She was a landlady and so was Liz. Yeah. They're not just barmaids. Yeah. It's That's what I'm saying. You're, you're, saying it's, you're saying it's more narrow than it actually is. Yeah. Famous rovers workers. Yeah. Um, and what, so what I'm saying is it makes even less sense that Gemma's on there. If they were like, quick, we need a, a barmaid to complete off our trio of barmaids that are famous. No, it can be anybody. Mm. So they've, they've got... Bet, yeah, yeah, yeah makes Bet Lynch. sense. Very, very Raquel, okay. of course. Yeah, I would yeah. have been sad if Raquel hadn't been on a stamp. Yeah. Um, Liz, yeah, yeah. I maybe really not. like Liz as landlady. You, you like her. She's not necessarily up there. one I... of my favourite landladies. And then Gemma. Why? Oh, uh, you know I, Honestly, I, I've calmed down about it since, but I, I honestly think that it's a bit of an insult to those other three to have Gemma on oh, the stamp. that's hard. And... You know, I, I used to love Gemma and I, I'm still perfectly willing to turn around my opinion on Gemma. But in what universe does she belong on a stamp alongside Bet, Raquel and Liz? Honestly. Um, what are they thinking? I feel drawn in my in my Librian way to, to provide balance to this argument, but I can't really. That I'm not, I don't, it's not that she shouldn't be on a stamp. That's not what we're saying. No. 
because it's she's clearly this stamp. She's clearly a cassette. massively popular character. There's lots of people. Gemma has got lots and lots of fans. She's got many, many, many detractors who are saying that over the past year and a half or so, she's been shoved on our faces far more than she ever needed to be. But if you look on the Coronation Street Facebook, there are lots of people that find everything that Gemma says absolutely hilarious at the moment. And they're entitled to have their favourite character on a stamp as well. Yeah, but you pointed out to me, what I think is a good point to make, is that these aren't necessarily the people that collect stamps. No. The sort of people that want Coronation Street stamps are the massive, Might not long-time... Be the same people that find... Nerdy fans. ...that funny the tenth time they've heard it in one episode. Yeah. People who want Coronation Street stamps are the long-term fans that love the nostalgia, that, you know, that has got Corypedia set as their homepage, that have got their bookshelves filled with all the various Coronation Street books over the year. I'd, this is what I, I think. Really... And those people, I'm sure... Well, I'm not sure. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but must be thinking the same thing, that that Gemma doesn't belong there. And it's not just that Gemma's on there, it's the fact that there are people that should be on there aren't. It's the fact that there are only four slots here. Yeah. And and already... If there have been ten, okay. That's what I mean. If there was an unlimited number of stamps, then make a Gemma one. But, but, you know, as it is, you could really make arguments about whether Raquel, Bet and Liz should be on there compared to other people, let alone Gemma. Mm. I just think it's one of these things where they're pushing somebody in the forefront so much it starts to become unfair to them. Because, you know, Dolly Rose Campbell's a fantastic actress. She's got so much talent and she's really great as Gemma. She does the best she can. But she's so... Over, the character's so overexposed now. There's a backlash. It reminds me of what happened with bloody Jade and... Um, big brother mm. you know like people get sick of it and then there's a backlash and then you know d- d- should you be pushing this character who's of I, I questionable just, popularity I just don't I don't Why get it because it's it? almost like Coronation Street are deaf to the the cries and the complaints of these Coronation Street fans that are saying no this is too much Gemma but are we out of touch no I tell you why we're not out of touch it's because there are, like you said, there are four slots here, and this is the Rovers return section. Number one, there's no man on there, and there could be some men on there. Sean, and, and, and I, I'd be, I would be quite interested to have seen what people's reactions would have been if it had been Sean, because I'd imagine Sean. it would have been the same. However, I think that Sean is far, far, far more deserving of a slot. People would than be just Gemma as much he's mad been working about there for a long time. Sean being on there because, because Sean, like Sean is also a bit of a take him or leave him character yeah. as much as Gemma is. The thing is, I think I love Emma. Emma doesn't belong on this stamp. If it had been Emma, I'd have been like, But at no. least Emma's a barmaid now. Gemma was a barmaid for about two weeks. <laughs> it I seems mean, she was like technically that, but... She was technically the landlady, very, very briefly, for a period of two weeks. Now, if Henry had been on a stamp... Now, we would buy more <laughs> if there was Henry. But, but... E- Emma does not belong on the stamp. But I, I, I think that, I mean, they're, they're clearly saying, oh, we've got some old characters here. Who, we need who can we have? New. Why, why do why they need Emma? somebody new? I mean, you, you could say, why not Jenny? Really? I really think Jenny should be on there. And I, that's what I was really surprised. Jenny should be to on To represent here. modern, modern rovers. rovers. If they have to have somebody. You, yes, exactly. If you have to have modern rovers, you want somebody on there to represent modern rovers. It should be somebody that's been there at, for a longer still period got a of legacy. time. Is still there. And has been on the show for a long time and, and it's a popular character. And people who, when you look at these stamps in, in an album, in your granny's album, or when, when, you're, when you're the granny... You'll know people who the are gonna, hell she yeah, is. Yeah, people aren't going to say, who's that one on the end? Well, you don't want to say that Gemma's not going to have a legacy on the show. But, you know, now Jenny 
has got a legacy on the show. You don't have to wait to make sure she's going to be in it for another okay, five years. Okay, maybe not who's that one on the end, but why did they put her there? Yeah. I, I, I don't... Gonna, I mean, if you could you argue really do, that Liz is the modern... I know. And, and although Liz really has been working in the Rovers on and off like, for 30 years, but... You can't really do this without sounding like you're slagging off Gemma and Dolly and Dolly. And that's cancer. not what it's we about. I don't want to do that, but I just... It's one of these things where it's like, it's really cool that you want to... You want to promote her so much, but I think that you're being a bit previous. You mm. know, I think you need to wait and and wait till she's a. Like you can't push some. You can't push somebody onto us. This is not what British people like. We don't like being told who's popular. We like to decide for ourselves who we think is popular, and we haven't picked her. Mm. And if there's only four slots for a start, it it should have been Betty. Betty should have been or, in or there. Annie. She was the Rovers' original, like longest running. Yeah, she was, yeah forty years she was working there. Um, they haven't yeah. even got Annie on there. No. It, it it clearly, clearly, clearly should have been one or the other. And, and probably Betty. It almost feels like... Betty should have been on there and I'm really bitter. I, I, I think people nowadays... It's not like Annie's been forgotten, but it, she seems like, she seems like she too part of much of the show, past. Too, yeah. Whereas Betty is still... I mean, she's, she was... She, when, when did she die? Like 10 years or so ago? She She would have perfectly rounded this she should have been off. on it she's still in the bar she still has a picture of her in the bar that's how much yeah. of a loved character she is and I mean yeah Bet, Bet's been in the show since the 70s mm. she was in she was in, she was in, it, in she the briefly 60s in but the she wasn't in the yeah. she wasn't working in the bar no so she's she. you can say like she's the if you're going to pick like decades you know you can say that she's spanned mm. all the decades and then you've got Raquel who's very much sort of 80s 90s and then Liz Moore. I think Raquel was only you know. 90s. Wow. Yeah, but, she, she's she's a, a really, really, really iconic, at, everybody loves Raquel. Yeah, but if you look at all these characters, you can say, oh, she's been in it for 10 years, she's been in it for 30 years, she's been in it. And then you've got Gemma, she's been in it for two minutes. Mm. Uh, I'm it's disrespectful think, I mean, to her to put her on there. Ra- I Raquel, I, I can't say, I reckon she must have only been in the show seven, eight years, and, and even Gemma might have been there that long already, but Raquel was, wow, was part of the Rovers for that amount of time. Yeah, Gemma's the, Gemma was in the bar for such a small amount of time. Mm. Anyway, I, I don't, um, I don't know, I don't, it I really already has, don't but I don't understand. want this to turn into a, a Gemma slagging off session because I really, really love the stamps and I love the idea that they've done the stamps. Why I love didn't that they there's do a set more of, than I love that four. there's a Rovers set. I, I think this is just, you know, how these commemorative stamps go, I guess. I, I, I know, but it just feels stupid. I know we've moaned about it. How long have we moaned about this for? Ten minutes now we've been moaning about this. It feels really ungrateful. It is, for something that is really, really <laughs> But this, something we wanted. But this is what you get when you give the fans what they want. They just complain about how it's not exactly the, the actual thing, like the most specific it's thing. It's not exactly they... what I wanted, therefore <laughs> so I'm going to moan about it for ten minutes. and worthless. I, I think that the other three are absolutely deserving there. I like the I like how they've, Cut them up and kind of superimpose the them behind the bar. Really to perfect. have them, to have them all lined up there next to each other is great. I, I love you it. just you know to have to hold your hand over the Don't right hand mean. side of the picture, and then it's fine to have those three there on the left. I just I wish Dolly, Ca- I look, Dolly Rose Campbell deserves to be lauded and and celebrated, but I just feel as though maybe in five years' time, not right now. She's too new. Mm. So um, and 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 because the other stamps, you know, go back up. The other stamps, you've got, you know, Elsie Tanner and Ina Sharples on them. Yeah. Why it's... have we got Gemma on a stamp? So, so the other stamps, like you said, it's all about double acts. And that there is one more there that is like, I think we know why that's there. The, the, the Gemma is there on the on the Rovers to 
to show, look, there are some modern classics as well. And for the double acts, you've got Deb and Sunita, which is the one that stands out as being a bit... What, why have they put the, those They there? aren't iconic characters. They're not, but I think we all know why they're, they're there. Well, they're, no, you, you're, you're sounding racist. They're there because otherwise everyone else would be just a bunch of white people. Yeah. And they want to be diverse. But unfortunately for Coronation Street... Um, it does. It almost shows it up as, it, yeah, as it, not it being diverse because have. they literally don't have an iconic um, double act um, that that fits in with the rest of the of yeah. the group. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, we're just on the Royal Mail website at the moment, looking through it, and I'm, I can't see on any of these a close up of some of the, of some of these stamps because they've all got little quotes next to them, haven't they? The um, oh, yeah. the couples one. Um, can we zoom in here? Yes, Let's just have a zoom. look at that. So Dev, Dev and Sunita's quote is, I love you, we shouldn't be apart a minute longer, which... Not iconic. Not iconic at all. Not an iconic couple. No. Sunita's dead. And, and also, she, if, if I think about these other couples that are on there, and I know it's, it's not the same with Norris and Rita because they weren't romantic, um, and Ian and Elsie as well, but the other kind of married couples are either still together now or they parted but were still you know, in love when they parted. But you Sunita went Sunita and had an affair Dev. with Carl Monroe. You would never put Sunita and Dev on an iconic double act. Certainly not if you had eight slots only to fill. No. I, I loved a... Sunita and Dev in their first stint, but then yeah. when they had her go off, she came back and it was never really the same. But I, I mean, I, Tim and Sally should be on there. They're not there. That's true. There's no Tim and Sally on any of these And stamps. Tim and Sally, Sally were Sally... flavour of the month for years and years and years and won actually won awards. I don't imagine anyone ever giving Devin Sunita an award for the best double act. And it really isn't, a, it's not a, a reflection on them or the actors. It's a reflection on the fact that Coronation Street's got to 60 years and hasn't produced an iconic Asian or black couple in mm. all that time. It's really bad. Let's get on and sort that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, so who, know, who, who have, else do we but, have? But I'm glad that they bothered to think about, let, we have to make sure that that we've got some, you know, diversity on this. And yeah. it's good that they did that. Also, another thing they don't have on here, because they haven't done it well enough, and that's a gay couple. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who, I mean, just imagine if they'd had a Karna stamp. Oh, my God. That, that, that was all they'd have needed for that the quote, isn't it? Just off. hashtag Karna. Yeah. In the, in the white, in you the, kicked in off an in entire generation font. of young female stamp collectors. <laughs> right, so... um, oh. So you've got you've got eight slots and six of them are married or or dating couples and then you've got two sort of either well you've got two other sort of non non relationship couples you've got the first two are Ina and Elsie Tanner famously um, uh, at loggerheads always against each other mm. and there's a picture from one of their one of their fights. fights. I can't. Remember. I don't know. Fight. I don't know which one. It which one it was. Because there's two big. There's there's the high mo- high noon one, and then there's the window smashing one. I think this is from the first fight. Then there's a there's the quote from Elsie saying that woman's tongue. If it was a bit longer, she could shave with it. Yeah, I really love Great that. Great quote. And it's this is the only black and white one as well. Yes. And then there's um the other non couple one is Norris and Rita, and I really like this one too. Um, I can't abide to see people gossiping and they're both they, standing they, there with a cup of tea in their hand looking Yeah, that's a really thrilled. great picture to match that quote. Even if it's not um a, a classic Corrie quote, it, it really fits there. So um so the Ina 
Eno and Elsie is second class, and then you got the Ogdens, another second class stamp. I th- I wonder whether that was picked, her having the Ogdens as second class, because you know. <laughs> well, I know I was going to say citizens. we'll go through it as we go. I wonder how they worked out. Like, do you put the most popular characters on the lowest denominations because they get seen the most? I don't know. Because you got the woman Stanley woman is the quote on the Ogden's. Had to one, be. One. One of the most iconic quotes ever. Lovely picture of Stan and Hilda there. And then you've got the two first class stamps are um, Jack and Vera and um, Deirdre and, and Ken. And these are the yeah first class stamps. And you've got um, the quote on the... <laughs> Uh, it's Vera, my little swamp duck. Yeah, and which then, is not necessarily a classic quote, but um, it, uh, it was it's a, an iconic line. Yeah, oh yeah, an, an iconic um, pet name or, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. And I then, love that. The, but the best one though, the best quote of the whole lot, I think, is um, on on the Barlow's. It says, "Ken, do something." <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, those are the first class ones, and they've got like quite an eighties picture of. Oh yeah, I can't tell the difference between the eighties and the nineties. That that is eighties Deirdre right there. Um, the the saddest one is is Haley and Roy's picture. Yeah, why they, did they, they do this? I, they they've mucked that up. I think. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course, Roy and Haley deserve to be on there. I mean, there, there were still other couples that should have been on there that hadn't. And if there'd have been, you know, twice as many stamps, maybe we'd have had a you know a Mavis and Derek and a sally and tim or a sally and kevin or something but i'm, I'm glad that roy and Haley are on there but uh, the quote on there be nice if every day i have left would be like this and they're both looking just, really sad and, and pensive in Blackpool because we we know that um hayley's gonna die yeah. and i don't know why they they had to bum everyone out when they're spending one it pound is, 42 it's a massive a, bummer that stamp they're spending one point one pound 42 on this stamp they want a sort of bit, bit of a cheer it wasn't like ev- it was it was um a sad end but it's not like every you know it wasn't like a tragic romance from the beginning was no. it? it wasn't Romeo and Juliet right from day one no there were some really lovely lines like around their wedding and everything especially after the um the the gender Re- recognition act uh, and then yeah. Roy does the quote about the world turning to us or so yes, th- there would have been, been there would have been because something look, we Roy and Haley were always depicted as a, a, a straight couple unless you knew the circumstances that that Haley um was transgender Mm. Right, and and apart from those two, there is no other LGBTQ representation in these stamps. No. So to have a recognition of that kind of poignant, um, breaking the barriers of like the social norms, and and Coronation Street doing a really good thing by having the representation of that character in the show, and and challenging people's perceptions of of what being transgender was, and having a having what was basically a gay wedding before you, that was even legal because we spoke about it before they couldn't get married because she wasn't recognized as a woman etc etc and all the struggles they went through and and they just kind of turned it into a story about a woman who dies of cancer mm. when we've already had another one of them since you know what i mean yeah it would have been cool that world turning to us quote beautiful mm. Maybe they're scared of the old people ripping it up <laughs> in the post offices. Um, and then finally, we've got Steve and Tracy is the one pound sixty three stamp, um, which I didn't quite... know was an important number. But <laughs> apparently, it's vital that you get one pound fifty three stamps. Uh, I always thought that I'd be the person that you cheat with, not on, which is um, quite a funny quote. I like that. It's it's funny also. Like you pointed this out to me. Um, most of the pit, like a few of these are clearly on set photos mm. like they they publicity photos but this just looks like a clip from from an episode because they're not they're not set up or anything that's not a great it's photo a of steve and tracy 
Yeah, I'd say out of all the photos, that one's the uh, is the worst. It looks like they ran out of time. <laughs> We're so bitchy. I know, and I don't mean to be because this this was so fantastic that they've done these stamps. They could never Coronation have done. And they could never they have could done. They could never have pleased everybody. No. <laughs> There's there are really are some huge um, uh, characters that they've missed out. The fact that none well, of these have got years of it. they've got no plats on there, for yeah, example. Yeah, where's David's one? Um, but, They've you know, snubbed you, a lot of people. You, you can't there. get anyone. But I, I do wonder, like, what what do the cast who haven't been put on stamps think about? It? Well, are they look, annoyed? Does, look, are there anyone saying, why aren't I on a flippin' well, stamp? Well, I know a few people who should be annoyed they're not on a stamp. But if you look at the... So the Rover's Return one, you know, Gemma and Liz are in it and the other two aren't. And then you've got the the rest of them, the double act stamps. And actually, you've only really got, like, three of them still in it. No, four. No, five. <laughs> well, you've got... Stephen Tracy. Yeah, and then you've got Roy, um, Rita and Ken. And the yeah. rest of them aren't in the show anymore. Yeah. So, I mm. mean, it's, it's 60 years. There's so many, you know, there's I literally know. It must have been really, really, really hard to I don't know chosen. how they did it. Um, I wouldn't say all of the quotes were spot on. Like, I'm not a massive fan of the Ina and Elsie quote. Oh, I like that one. But I really like the picture. Yeah. That, that is a proper iconic... Well, Gemma, if you like that picture so much, what you can also do... Why don't you what, buy what, it? You, so if you go over to um, the, the Royal Mail shop online, there are, there's a we had, massive range of products that you can buy we had such with a these conundrum. stamps, not just stamps. What was it? When was it? We do this yesterday. Yesterday we were doing this. Oh, my this. God. This, was, this took us about half an hour because we came on here like little happy school kids with... 20p bending a hole in our pocket to buy a pick and mix got to the shop and found out that we had to pick the sweets ourselves because <laughs> i we i literally thought it was buy either set of stamps or buy this presentation pack because so the presentation I. pack is so it's got it's a souvenir kit basically and it's got all of the all the stamps all the eight um special stamps um a miniature sheet with the with the um rovers stamps and then it's got um a special edition of the Weatherfield Gazette, which is exclusive to that set. Yeah, so, so, so it's just got, you know, info about Coronation Street that you can read about and classic stories throughout the year. It's just like a double-sided thing. But it's like, oh, well, we've got to get that because that's a souvenir thing. And I think that's the on- this is the only set that contains that Weatherfield Gazette. Yeah, it, it is. But also, I don't know, I'm looking at this, it says miniature sheet with Rover's return favourites. Does that mean it's not a stamp? It's not stamps, it's just no, a I think of it, the No, stamps. I think it is. It must be the actual stamps. Well, I don't know. They don't really make it clear. But that's £14.20. And we were like, yeah, we'll get that. And then we scrolled down a bit and suddenly there's all these other bits that you can buy. You can buy the, the, the double act stamps and the Rover's return stamps separately, obviously. But you can also buy... The first day covers. Now these are special collectors things that um, stamp collectors like, where you have the stamps on an envelope that gets posted to your address with a special um, postmark on it, so you can get a Salford postmark. And then this which is what is cool. this is what stamp collectors have. This is yeah. what in my in my great aunt's. Well, my mum and your mum also collected. Yeah, stamps. We, we, this is what her folders are just full of these, so you can First send off covers. for them. And yeah. sometimes I get them signed as well. And honestly, Coronation Street are missing a trick if they don't get some of the cast members the to cast sign some of these are, stamps. That's probably why they didn't want to be on a stamp. I'm not signing that. <laughs> so you get a Salford one, and also, um, uh, what's the name of the place? The house. There's a oh, oh Talent's house, which is the Royal Mail place. Yeah. So it's cool that they send it. They'll send one from Salford. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you get one of those from from Salford. One of them from Talent's house. You can also get 
the Rover's return stamps on there instead. And you can get um, character sheets with the different... Yeah, if you really like the Jack and Vera stamps, then you can get a whole set of Jack and Vera stamps. £7.90. Yeah. There's a Ken and Deirdre ones. Collector's sheet, which is... It, it, there's just various quantities of different ones, aren't there, really? It's so baffling. But then... But then... If you've got a bit more money to burn... If you, you've got no sense and um, too much cash, like we seem to have, you can spend... Uh, why didn't we do this? Twenty nine ninety nine and get um, framed stamps. So all the, the, the normal size stamps, but they're all framed together in a nice black frame with Coronation Street written underneath. Or you can get the nice... Um, Rover's Return frame stamp. They're both 30 quid each. Or you can get a load of the stamps. You can get some individual stamps, mahusive size. So really nice. These are, this is what we got. We didn't we love get these. them all. No, you can two. buy, I think, I don't know if you can buy all of them. I think maybe... No, you cannot buy Devonson Eater Massive. Uh, well, maybe they've sold out. I, I think that's very unlikely. I don't think so. But they're not uh, even available to buy now because there they're a limited edition. There's 150 of these. Yeah, get and, in there quick if you want one. And they are 59.99 each and they are 38.5 centimetres by 30 centimetres. So they're, you know, they're, you know big, how, how big do you need a stamp? Yeah. So there's a Ken, Ken and Deirdre one of that. I think there's a there's a Hilda and Stan one and an Ina and Elsie one because those are the ones that we got. And uh, there's a, there's Jack and Vera one. Uh, there is uh, there's the can't buy people gossip oh, one. You can buy one, massive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Do they have a Haley? One? I don't think they did. I They've think got it's too Hayley depressing. And they haven't got a um. Yeah, it's only those four. No, it's five. Ken and Deirdre, Jack and Vera, Stan and Hilda, oh, Ina yeah, and Elsie, and, and Rita and Norris. Well, if they've sold the other ones, I don't, I can't see them. You can get them on. You can get postcard sets as well, can't yeah, you? Yeah, you can get them all on a postcard. You can get an envelope. You can just spend thirty p to get an envelope as well. Um, and that's and it. it. Well, you can also get like the sh- the whole sheet. Oh um, yeah, you can get like a little booklet that's got a load of, a page sh- load of stamps. Out of, the, out of the stamp book, which is like. Yeah. Cornish Street Press set forty seven pound ninety six or uh, uh, sixty sixty full sheets. So basically, there's an awful lot to choose from, much more than we originally thought when we went online yesterday. Because we're like, we just got to buy some stamps. We we literally were there for half an hour deciding what to get, weren't we? Well, I was talk- I talked you into buying the prints because. I'm so proud, Gemma, that you wanted some giant Coronation Street prints for our house. I think they're really cool. I really like them. And, I, and we picked the Ina and Elsie and, we, and the Ogdens because I really, really love um, watching the, the vintage mm. episodes with you. I and do it, wonder and we whether if we hadn't... And, and look back and remember the time that we spent at this year yeah. watching the old episodes together. And I think that would be a nice memory. Yeah, I do wonder if we hadn't been watching the old episodes this year, would we... No. Would we do these? Because uh, size for you, it just be no. Those are just some old characters that yeah. don't mean anything to me. Would we have got any at all? I wonder. But yeah, you can uh, you can get those. Um, and uh, uh, it, uh, I'm looking forward to them coming through. We also are going to have a competition as well. We bought an extra presentation pack. We bought a presentation pack for ourselves, and we bought an extra one. Um, so that in you know, a couple of weeks' time, when they're out, we will run a competition for our podcast listeners. A lucky listeners. winner will be able to get their own presentation pack from us with all the stamps, and you can use them as you wish. They're legal tender. Yes, you can. You can send us fan mail with them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I might be a bit confused if you do that though, because um, 
it's fourteen pound twenty down the Swanee then, isn't it? <laughs> so that's that's half an hour talking about stamps, moaning about stamps. Who a... would have thought that we'd get so so annoyed about stamps? Honestly, I was when I saw that Gemma one. I was like, I know why you've done this, but. But why? you shouldn't have really. Why? Why? And, and that that is pretty much it for the news this week. I mean, the the only other things I've got written down here is that the uh, the ratings seem to be going up recently, which is great. We don't talk about ratings very much on this podcast because it's not the most thrilling of things. But apparently, the uh, Yasmin Bottles Jeff episode got Corey's highest um, ratings for nineteen months, which That's is quite pretty good. amazing. Eight point one six million uh, tuned in to watch that, and I know it's nothing compared to the the heyday in the eighties, but that's not bad these 18. days. 18.16 million. Is... 8.16 million. If it was 18.16 oh, million, that would be, yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That That is, and, and I think it's certainly putting it um, ahead of, you know, the, the likes of Emmerdale and EastEnders, so keep it up. Um, and, and also um, other bits of news is that Brooke Vincent has said that um, she did a little Instagram Q&A or something recently and she said that she's hopefully we're back to Coronation Street soon. And I, I won't count that as a spoiler because soon could be. No, next well, month also, or it could be also six months I don't, time. it depends on how she got asked the question because if somebody said are you going to be back on Corinne she went oh hopefully soon that's a bit different from her saying hi guys I'm doing a Q&A because I'm hopefully going to be back on Coronation Street soon yeah you no know, it wasn't it's very that. very different context for both of those yes yeah it, it, we have seen quite a few um, Coronation Street people doing you know online Instagram things recently Matilda Freeman was doing one earlier this week um just earlier this evening Tanisha and uh Elle were doing another little chat there weren't they yeah and uh, the... well, it's like when somebody says to an old cast member would you go back to the street and they go yeah I wouldn't say no and then the next thing you know there's a headline in the sun going Kevin Kennedy back on God Asian Street <laughs> yeah so um maybe we'll see Brooke back before the end of the year Bring Rosie with you, please. That'd be lovely. Um, yeah, that's about it for the news. We'll, um, th- there's been a few other things that we might um, talk about next week. We probably won't be talking about Phil Middlemass and what he's been getting up to because we don't do gossip on this podcast. We try to decide if it's news or gossip. <laughs> if you want to know, you, you can Google What's The Barn's been doing. Um, but yeah, it's like, ooh. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, Naughty. I shut my mouth. Let's get on and do right. some feedback. Feedback time. We have got um, a few bits of email and tweets and DMs and all that to share with you for the end of today's episode. But first, of course, we've got our Facebook poll. You've been voting on last week's episodes of Coronation Street. It turned out as being a 3.67 on average out of five. So not brilliant, not awful. Okay was what we thought of last week's Coronation Street. What would you give? Better than an okay. Give the stamps out of five. The stamps out of five, four. Yeah, four. Um, four uh, unnecessary gemmers out of five. <laughs> um, Paul gave four last week's Corrie's four and a half collapses of relief at the sight of Imran. Shannon <laughs> gave it three times. I went back to watch Lily sigh. I'll go before going after Max. And Vanessa gave it four ninjas with their gob shut out of five. <laughs> so that's my favourite one last week. So thank you very much for everyone that's voted. Um, oh. Gemma. You were, oh, I've got to do this, haven't I? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll come back to you. Gemma, um, last week on Twitter, Gemma asked, what, what did you do, ask people I to... just said, I really like these, you can't join in with these because you turn the autocorrect off on your phone. It's not autocorrect, there's an auto-suggest auto or fill-in or whatever. Fill. Yeah, yeah where, where you just write a word and then you see what your phone suggests to say the next thing. And um, I just said, everybody write Yasmin in and see what you come up with. And um, there were some really funny ones. 
Um, so yeah, mine was Yasmin upstairs for some coverage, <laughs> and we've got um, uh, at Chad- Chatterbox two thousand eighteen. Yasmin, I have to say that the Frock Destroyers tonight in Belfast at the Empire is a good one, despite the fact that an elderly, elderly man who is a good friend has been trying to get people to buy their product. <laughs> so, there's, you know, that you can make a plot, a soap out of that. Um, Nancy had Yasmin baby name. Um, uh, Jane at Showcaller said, Yasmin has always happened when my friend was here. <laughs> um, uh, Shari... Um, at Orange Cane, Yasmin, this is the time of year to start a new year with a new one. <laughs> hello, Sophie. Uh, hello, Sophie. Yasmin was my morning sunshine. That was beautiful. Um, Amy Reynolds at Amy Cat 1979. Yasmin was a great night for dinner tonight, but we will be home in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say this one because it's got an, an S word in it. Jenny from the block down at Outrage. Yasmin is a boomer. <laughs> Which, uh, Right on the nose there. Um, Phil's reputation at Philip Bryan underscore. Yasmin was the night that you needed. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michelle Charlton at M Charlton 1234. Yasmin is the time to help me get my new car back into the school year. Lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, these are so funny. Um, at e- Eline F. 88. Yasmin was a great time for me and my friend and her boyfriend for the weekend. So, so glad I didn't have any, t- any time for her birthday. <laughs> so, a great time for him and the night you really needed for the other person. Yeah. Uh, I think um, uh, ben- lots of people have got a similar kind of theme here. Benji at Benji Bug C. Yasmin was a great time for me and my friend and her daughter. Um, Silver Bantam at Bantam Silver. Yasmin was a great night for the kids. <laughs> How weird. I know, they're kind of funny and similar, aren't they? Yeah. That was quite fun. But yeah, I turn off uh, autofilling on my phone so I can join in with that little game. Well, you're missing out. I know. Right, let's start off with um, some tweets from Rebecca who um, had this to say about last week's Coronation Street. Another good week on the street and headlined by the great Jeff and Yasmin story. Even though I was wrong in predicting that Jeff was dead, I was glad that I was wrong. And hopefully in the end, Jeff will be tried and jailed. Yeah. I enjoyed the shot where Yasmin was in the police car and Sally was watching her, especially from Sally's looks in the hospital. I'm hoping Sally is starting to change her mind. Mm. And I'm not surprised at Tim taking Jeff's side. It is his dad after all. And Tim has never known Jeff to attack a woman. It was, I, I think that he's going to find out about his mum, isn't he? It, I don't... Jeff's mum, uh, sorry, Tim's mum hasn't been mentioned this week, but she was hinted that in yeah, the dialogue. Yeah, but it was more before, psychological and physical. Well, we'll have to see. I, yeah, I'm, I I'm thinking that we, we don't know violence. the full story but about I don't know Jeff whether and Tim's mum. That would necessarily be a helpful twist to this storyline because this storyline is supposed to show that domestic violence doesn't have to be physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're already, they are already taking a left turn with this mm. bottling thing, mm. aren't they? And the, and the knife stuff. Um, Rebecca continues, so pleased that Alia has now returned. And even though we know she's right, she needs to calm down a bit in her accusing Jeff. Again, even though we know Yasmin was pushed to attacking Jeff, the policewoman woman has only the evidence. And so far, the evidence is very damning towards Yasmin. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised that she was charged. Alia um, just needs to listen to some Taylor Swift and calm down. <laughs> so glad Imran is her solicitor, though, and love that he didn't want to feed. Bless him. Well, he said, he said that up front. He might change his mind. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a mouth to feed at home. Finally, Finally, Jeff is vile in accusing Yasmin. Hopefully the policewoman will see past him in the end. The other stories were a bit filler, but they had their moments. 
I was Adam, I'd be a bit suspicious as to why Gary is being so protective towards Kelly. That story's gone off a cliff this week, hasn't it? Would have been a four and a, four, a, four and a half. I don't know. It it's, had Gary in it. it was, I just thought that that Gary stuff was moving a bit slowly, so maybe I was expecting this week for it to pick up the pace, and instead we just didn't have it at all. Uh, glad to see Sarah and Adam back, although I understand why they were away for so long, scheduling purposes. It's quite funny, though. And uh, I loved the punch given by Nina. That boy deserved it, although it was a bit icky saying it in front of Dave. Also love the picture drawn by Nina and her advice to Asher. I do think that Asher could develop a bit of a girl crush on Nina, but an admiring one rather than a fancying one. Please make it go that way. Yes. David, I'm still confused over what's happening. Um, although felt sorry for Max, David, missing his speech. I'm still assuming it's a pain barrier to get over Shona, i.e. the more pain I get on me, the more he forgets about Shona to numb the pain. I also like the mention of Leanne's old restaurant. Finally... I laughed at Steve saying Ollie couldn't hop was generic and genetic. You, genetic and you two saying if you don't get messy at messy play you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Character of the week is Nina. Some great work by Molly Gallagher and I give it four and Dev as at five. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rebecca. Now this next bit of feedback um is was posted on our Facebook group, wasn't it? But yeah. you uh, you quite like this and I, and, and I, I, I did as well. Yeah. So uh, you could include it. Hannah's one of the kids, so um we we uh were kind of sucking her life energy out to remain youthful for as long as possible. So if you're feeling a bit tired, Hannah, it's probably... That's probably why. You're drained a bit. So she says, um, I'm just listening to episode 415, and as a, someone at a similar age to Asha, Amy and Kelly, etc., I thought I would mention my thoughts on that storyline so far. I think this is a very realistic story, as this sort of thing happens all the time. Corrie's played two weeks behind England here, New Zealand, so everything might have changed in the story. But so far, I think this is being played really well. I think it's a good point that Gemma made about Corrie not taking any blame for the stripping incident, about everyone blaming Asha. This is a real issue. I'm so glad Corrie are doing a story on it. Almost everyone involved in the story is slut-shaming Asha, but it's not entirely her fault. Firstly, Corrie knows how old she is, and presumably that it's illegal to record the video without her consent. Yes, Asha shouldn't have flashed him in the first place, but in my opinion, he is more in the wrong. This is just like the Amy pregnancy story. Yes, Amy might have consented, but as she wasn't old enough to legally give consent, it was more Tyler's fault. Yeah, Tyler and Corey are definitely um, cut from the same cloth, aren't they? If we we don't see Corey getting on his own award, he's the other one that got an award, isn't he? We were talking about everyone who's getting these random awards, and we forgot about Tyler getting his stupid teens award last year. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. And now it's going to be Corey. He's going to be getting getting it this year. Yeah, I, I think the silence on condemning. Tyler and Corey is somewhat damning to Coronation Street here. They've just let these two guys slide away with causing all this havoc and chaos. Totally. Uh, um, I think Hannah says, presumably he should know it's illegal to record the video. I really hope, and we don't know anything about secondary school education, especially sex education. Well, we did watch that, um, what was it, that real sex education programme one? Was it Channel 4? Oh, they yeah. did a couple of series Donnie of that. Dyer. No, 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 I'm thinking oh. of the one with um No, that was to old... do with old stuff, not current. That that one was, but we watched the programme that had um Come on, which one we've watched? Was, so it? We... was it Claudia Winkle? So this is the third programme about sex education that we've admitted that we've watched on tele- <laughs> on podcast. Do you remember the one where she goes into the schools and she talk and she gets the parents in and no. she shows Claudia Winkleman. It's the one where the, where she says it's all normal. It's not Claudia Winkleman. Oh, isn't it? Who is it? It's you know the other what girl I mean? The fringe. Yeah, I know Fringe. who you mean. Okay, not... Yeah, I know who you mean. She did Secret Eaters. Yeah, yeah, it was her. Um, 
So but, we know about secondary school sex education no, we don't. from that. My point is, yeah, I'm trying to say, you really would hope that they would be taught that all of this is illegal. Oh, they will be. They will be reckon? taught that. Oh, absolutely. Then what the hell are they doing? Because they know that, t- ch- that, that children will do it, so they need to be told to try and... Don't do it. Yes. Like, unfortunately, it gives them some ideas. <laughs> I didn't know that you could use your phone for that. What? I, I mean, thought it was just for texting my mum when I'm coming home. I just send my mum emojis, so how much I love her. <laughs> Um, Hannah says Corey looks to be older than Ash so I definitely think he's more in the wrong but as I said before I'm really pleased Corey is doing this story I know people from my school have been affected by slut shaming and it's truly a toxic thing this is such a common occurrence but it's always glossed over in film and television or else blamed on the girl you don't know the situation in which this occurred and in many cases the girl has been pressured into doing something like this like Ash it was I just think that this is a really big issue that society ignores because it's an inconvenient truth I just need to interject here and say uh, what I think um, one of the reasons why this is difficult for us to come to terms with as a society to tackle is that we really can't decide as a group whether we should encourage the boys to act like the girls or the girls to act like the boys. You know, should we be encouraging everyone to be free with their sexuality as, as teenage boys seem to be? Or mm. should we be telling them to all just calm down and be chased like we teach the girls because mm. teaching them separately different things isn't working <laughs> teaching them all to be sexually um active is going to cause issues but yeah. telling them all to be like nuns is not gonna not gonna cut it is it no there's uh, just I don't be know. safe is what you're just be safe and be sensible yes and it's all normal it's all fine um <laughs> Hannah says, uh, Tanisha Gori is doing so well. It's great to see her coming into her own. Hopefully after this is finished, she decides to stay at Cory for a while to come. I'm also liking, liking new Ardy. Also, to answer Gemma's question, we st- do still use text talk. Well, there you go. Thank you, do Hannah. Do you have but different you... text talk in New Zealand? I wonder. Everything's better in New Zealand. Something, uh, but on the subject of Tanisha Gori, and I, and I don't think this is a, big, a spoiler, so I'm just going to say anyway. We were watching. I was watching part of the uh, the Instagram live thing she was doing with Elle earlier, just while I was making some chapatis because I'm quite the cook now, you know. And she was saying that when she comes back on the street, she's going to have glasses because Tanisha's got glasses. Oh. And she said that she tried to wear contact lenses, but doesn't get on with them at all. Oh no! So um, yeah, we're going to have Asha with glasses. Oh, bless her. And I, w- I, do, I wonder whether like that's going to be part of the story because it's it's all about her appearance and how she views herself and is, is Asha not going to like the fact that she's got glasses? Well, you don't like wearing glasses. I don't like wearing glasses and, and I think lots of people, if they if they go for, you know, the whole of their life without wearing them and then in these you know formative teenage years you now have to wear glasses you worry what people are going to say. And if she's already, yeah, uncomfortable with her appearance, that could be, you know, part of the story. Or they could just have a rocking up at gla- in glasses one day and never say anything about glasses it. Glasses are cool now, Michael. Are they? Yeah. I Well, I make them cool. That's why I went straight to contact lenses, because I was already getting picked on. And I know. Being, I was already, like, the, <laughs> the, bullied. The, the, the bullied for being a nerd when I was a teenager. I didn't need them to give them any more ammunition, so I was, like, right straight to contacts. Um, okay, thank you very much, Hannah, for your email. And uh, same to Joseph as well, who starts off the email saying thank you. Um, for... Oh, we've got some cool Animal Crossing stuff. Oh, yeah. He made me a bunch of ironwood stuff for my for my kitchen. Um, 
And I'm very, very grateful because that would have probably taken me years to find all the bits for that. If you play Animal Crossing, you'll know exactly <laughs> what I mean. Um, anyway. And we also helped him with some... Well, you gave him some flowers. I, I, I did give him some flowers in his Animal Crossing town, yes. Right, he says, um, Corey, I can't recall whether or not when... Um, when we see Yasmin get interrogated by Fringe Detective the first time, whether <laughs> like or not that. that was a part one or a part two episode, um, if she sh- if the show aired how it normally does. Um, I think the first interrogation was... I think it was the part two. Part... Part one was right, the stabbing. So, yeah, part one was part the stabbing. Two and then was she the went Monday. and got interviewed. And then I think there was another episode later. Yeah, that was there was there was a the, yeah there was there was a part two and a part one that we saw. This is so confusing. I know. Now I agree that following the interrogation, the detective investigative skills were finally put into play. However, at the time and after that interrogation, while talking to Imran, something was off-putting about the whole situation. To me, as a viewer, after her talk with Imran, it seemed like she was not going to do a thorough <laughs> investigation because of the very fact that Yasmin called the emergency number. That was enough evidence that there wasn't a need for any thorough investigation. Luckily, we were proven wrong, but I won't deny my initial feelings and reaction during that first questioning. She did. She did think it was a bit of an open and shut case. It was, yeah, think. I mean... But if she, she confessed, I know. You can't second guess every... Conf- well... <sighs> Don't worry, we've said Look, it Joseph knows before. I love him, so it doesn't... Like, the thing about it is, is that I would say probably 98% of all the crimes that get committed when you're a copper, you know exactly who done it and you know where they live and you just got to go and round them up. You know, I don't <laughs> think there's a lot of detective work in modern British policing. It's like, right, which one, which one are you for is the one that, that stole this bike? Because it's outside your house and you live here. You know what I mean? I don't suppose there's a lot of de- fine Anyone detective Anyone could do it, work. couldn't they? Well, no, I, th- I think, and when you come to a police officer and you say, I've done a crime, and they're like, did you do the crime? And you go, yeah, I did it. And they go, well, all right. They're not going to really put that much effort into following it up, are they? <laughs> it's not like they're like, look, I've looked into it, and actually there have been no more crimes today, so I'm going to spend a bit more time just checking to see. <laughs> but no, a lot, I, I know a lot of people have said exactly the same thing, so that's that's fair enough, and obviously this is... um important it's not the same as stealing a bike you've tried to kill a man so you do have to do a bit more of investigation but beyond just she said she'd done it so i went home early (laughs) (laughs) uh joseph continues that he's getting tired of the gary storyline it's getting dragged on a little bit too much that i don't care anymore that's exactly how i feel about it um it's been so long that only now we're seeing the loan shark's daughter and her mum come into view for one episode so far if it had been much earlier then it would have been made more of an impact but given the amount of time has passed i'm whatevs with this story whatevs about it i'm also whatevs about this story um all in all 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 i am looking forward to is the day when tim disowns his father for what he's done and most possibly what jeff did to tim's own mother yeah it, there, i think there is going to be a grand disowning at the end of it and, <laughs> and jeff's going to go away in shame and never to show his face in weatherfield again would not surprise me Ugh, no me either thank you joseph um, and thanks to everybody who <laughs> um, wrote in to explain their thoughts about Detective Fringe. I know that we've got a range of opinions <laughs> about it. But like I said earlier, um, if you want to see really bad interrogation, I mean, first of all, if you've ever seen Making a Murderer, that's pretty bad. You'll know that for a fact. And um, whether you think they did it or not, because I know that um, Morgan and I have had arguments about whether they did it or not. <laughs> Um, but if you want to see a, a short episode, Forensic Files, YouTube, Fishing for Truth. Personally, I like to wait till Michael goes to bed, 
get myself a gin, gin and tonic, sit on the sofa, all the lights out, watch it on the iPad at um, 1.75 speed. You can get through loads of them like that. <laughs> <laughs> you only need the the captions occasionally to work out what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, if, it, if anyone bothers to watch that and has any thoughts to share with me, please do. You can email us at the usual place. Final, final piece of feedback. We've got Fangirl Overload 123 from Instagram has written in about today's week's episodes, this week's episodes. Yolly's storyline was very sad. She says, I've a feeling it's only going to get sadder in weeks to come. I absolutely love the David storyline as I find him most enjoyable when he's in self-destruct mode and I enjoyed the scenes Gail had with him and Audrey. I hope Yasmin doesn't stay in prison for too long. This is a really gripping story, but wrongful imprisonments get old really fast. I think the Bailey story has potential to be really good, but the Danny side of it was dropped really quickly. Finally, not much to say on Gemma. It feels like your typical issue storyline. She'll be sad for a bit and then find some miracle cure. Character of the week is Imran for sticking with Yasmin and I give it three belated birthday cards out of five. Nice little summary of the week. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That was good. I like if, it. Only, if only our street talks could be quite so succinct <laughs> and not go on for an hour talking about three episodes. What can you do? Right, that is it for another conversation. Thank you, Street. everyone, for listening. As always, really appreciate your time to listen to this. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and if you want to feedback, that's also appreciated. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can write or send a voice message. Yeah. You've, our website's at conversationstreet.podbean.com and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube... You can leave us a review on iTunes and this is a special thank you to all our patrons this week because we did use a bit of patron money to buy our special um, Royal Mail um, pictures. We did. And we wouldn't have been able to afford it. It wasn't all bought with patron money. But no, we, we, thought, we spent some of it on it because yeah, I, yeah. But we've had arguments about this because you seem to think that we're not allowed to spend it on anything we actually like or enjoy. <laughs> I don't know, it's still new to me. But yeah, thank you but very I much, don't patrons. Think we, I don't think our patrons will mind us spending it on a picture of Anne, uh, um, Elsie Tanner and Ina Charles. I hope not. <laughs> we don't um, do refunds. Uh, we are hopefully, I think we're probably due to do another Patreon episode soon in the next uh, week, week and a half or so, so look out for that. I don't know what we're going to do our next top five one. We'll have to have a little discussion about that and see what's a, a good idea. Top five stamps out of um, 12. And... Um, our second episode this weekend if you haven't watched that yet or sorry listened to that yet is a character profile on Vikram Desai (gasps) Vikram yes Yes. so enjoy that enjoy this enjoy yourself enjoy life (laughs) sounds a bit rude have a pizza what? enjoy yourself no one else is going to (laughs) we'll be back next week for episode 419 of Conversation Street but until then ta for now bye the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com Oh, 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 oh.